today's very special reunion episode on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When it comes to hiring, you don't need a hiring high, high hiring IQ. I helped hire Matthew Barry at ESPN in 2006. That is factually correct. Yes, you did. We're going to tell that story. I didn't need ZipRecruiter, but a lot of people do. Their powerful technology scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience for your job. 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Did you ever find a fantasy oh, writer yeah. on ZipRecruiter? Hi. Oh, sure. Uh, ZipRecruiter Zip sponsors our podcast, too. Love oh. ZipRecruiter. My listeners can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Do you have a little thing at yeah. the end? What's Words yours? Slash 06010. Okay. The Fantasy Focus Podcast is the oh, 06010. Yeah, yeah. yeah. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Meanwhile, are you familiar with Hotel Tonight? Uh, I use Hotel Tonight, actually. Yeah, Hotel Tonight is great, especially if you have some last minute trips. If you'd like to score amazing deals at incredible hotels, they partner with hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, helping you find sweet deals at cool top rated hotels. 10 seconds, three taps, and a swipe for spontaneous weekend getaway staycations, whatever you want. Call, get the Hotel Tonight app right now to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. Hotel Tonight, the only booking app you need. We're also brought to you by theringer.com, where we uh, are still writing about succession because there's nothing else to write about right now. <laughs> right, it's yeah. early August. We're just starting to get ready to talk about football. That's why Matthew Barry is here. And Kevin Clark and Robert Mays are on the road right now writing about the NFL. So check that out. Coming Those out. guys do a great job. Thank you. Coming up, my old friend Matthew Barry. First Pearl Jam. All right, Matthew Barry is here. I haven't seen him in like three years. Yep. He is ESPN's, I don't know, what's your title now? Senior Fantasy Analyst. That's so boring. <laughs> what should it be? You used to be the talented Mr. Well, Roto. Ta yeah, but that's not a title. It's just a, it's a made up nickname. I've known him since. You used to be the sports guy. I know. I've known you. Should we go with old school nicknames? <laughs> that's true. Sports guys here, talented Mr. Yeah. Roto. Yeah. I've known you since 06. Uh, we peaked together. You used to come on my podcast every year. We yeah. used to do fantasy we used to do, uh, before we used to do the fantasy, season, right? But more importantly, on September second, two thousand ten, we did the Watershed nine hundred two and OBS report, where we just went through the entire history of the show. Yeah. Was it two parts? It was two parts. It was two, two parts. parts. It was a four-hour podcast. We did two parts, two hours each. We did like sort of awards. We talked. I mean, it's a ten-year show, and you and I are both passionate fans of it. Uh, two white guys talking two, 902 and 0. Who doesn't white, love that? Two 40-year-old guys yeah. talking about a teenage drama that was, you know, whatever, 20 years old at the time. We knew our audience. And um, I believe, because I remember you talking to me about this and some of the podcast people at ESPN told me about it. it. That was the most downloaded and listened to podcast episode in the history of ESPN until you interviewed Obama. That Is was that true? That, yes. It was the most, because your podcast was number one. And it was the number one. It was the most listened yeah, there to. There weren't downloaded. a lot of podcasts back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember. So, uh, I remember you were all excited when you got a podcast. Yes. And you were like asking me, "So what happens? So do you <laughs> like?" I, I wanted advice. Yeah. Yeah. I so I had had my podcast at that point since spring of '07. So it was about right. three and a half years in, and we still didn't really have ads for it. I think they had Subway as the as yeah, the lead like sponsor. Yeah. Um. And it, and we it was just one of those things where. I just can't, I would just do whatever I wanted to do. And 
there were no repercussions. I never cared how long it was. And it was just like, I'm just going to do 90210 today. Right. Well, I remember you and I had talked about it like on previous podcasts. We talked about it just Oh, that's right. We, 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 did a fi- pre- we did a fishing line out right, for right. it. Right, right. And then, and then we, we, both, we both got like tweets and emails yeah. and stuff saying like, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. I think then, we jokingly said... We should do this. Well, you emailed you emailed me like a month before and said, I just realized like September, September 2nd, 2010 will be nine slash oh two slash one oh. Yeah. So uh, once, we have once to do, in our lifetime. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. This is it. Although I think uh, I think, you know, the 10 year anniversary is coming up. We're two years away from the 10 year oh, anniversary geez. of that podcast. <laughs> I think we should do a 10 year. Oh, reunion my God. Of that. Podcast. I haven't seen that show in so long. The. It, the the podcast I was most excited about, just in retrospect, all these years later, that one I remember. Close to when I did this long JFK assassination <laughs> right, yeah. breakdown. Like, those are the one <laughs> I might have to like make a trade with Connor and get the rights to like ten of these podcasts because the nine of two and zero one was epic. I can still remember the show. Yeah, you remembered like ninety percent of it. You stumbled like three a times. times. Right, you would get a couple like right. There were one or two. Yeah, uh, you got like a, a fire episode confused with the forest fire and like right. very little tiny stuff. Yeah, what was you know? Listen, it was just like wait, did Emily Valentine do that? Or was that <laughs> or was that a Kelly on Coke episode? Right. It was it was a little bit. Um, you had ten ten seasons, but um. Yeah, well, we I, actually I, mean, I still did, get I, I still get comments on that episode every once in a while. Still, people oh, will still hilarious. bring that up. And when when we were tweeting about it, when you and I were uh, tweeting about it like a month ago, like yeah, you know, tons and tons of comments from from people about it. I think it's still on YouTube, or at least one of them is. Someone, I think, I think it's, uh, it's still on the internet. Yeah, somewhere. I remember a lot of people don't know before part two, you and I did cocaine to understand what it was like with Kelly <laughs> yeah, Taylor. Exactly. We, we did some bumps and then well, we kept going. Right. Exactly. Well, I used to play a drinking game with 90210. You know, when Dylan drank, you drank with a man. Yeah, you had to. Absolutely. Supporting so me him. And my, uh, me and my college buddies would watch it when we were in uh, in college. But yes, I think we should do uh, that. Here, this will be my request. Yeah. I, I believe you and I should do a very special episode of the Rewatchables. On the 10-year episode. Oh, the re- we do the recapables. Uh, the recapables. There you go. We, Julie and I, did, we were talking about the 100 best TV episodes because we did a whole thing about yeah. it last week. And uh, what the height of 90210 is, which I feel like was when Dylan was drinking. But we we, yeah. we could save that for two years from now. You and I have known each other since 06. Yep. It's really funny. ESPN was such a weird place in the 2000s. They were very scared of things that are, are so basic now. Right. Like gambling. They wouldn't let me write a gambling column that first year. And and even like mentioning the lines was a big fight for me until 2004. And then fantasy at the time, they really didn't have it at all. They had a couple things. I remember the there first was a, two. There was a perception in there, at least when I got there. And so this may have been before I showed up. So maybe this is what you're oh, talking about. Oh, I'm talking about, like 0102. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Before I got there. Yeah, I yeah. remember I did like top. I'm going to say in 01, I wrote like a top, my top 50 in fantasy. Right. And I remember talking to my editors about that. And I was just like, I'm doing this fantasy. And then they were like, oh, okay. Like they, they were con- a little confused that that was going to be a whole column. And then five years later, you came in. We were doing this fantasy yeah. football show. We, you were writing yeah. on the website too, right? Yeah. No, I wasn't writing for ESPN. You I weren't writing own, for- I had my own website and I'd done a couple of different things. I'd done some small things like- I had uh, I was doing a, a weekly fantasy segment on cold pizza. 
<laughs> oh, that's right. right. Cold pizza. I was, I was doing, we all did a tour of duty on cold pizza. Right. Yeah. Um, well, my very first thing on cold pizza was actually a fantasy baseball thing where they were like, Hey, we have this, we have this reporter that we like, and we want to get him some TV reps. And so we have this idea to do like a fantasy reality thing. Like he'll come on and he'll give you like a news thing. And then you give the fantasy version of that. His name's Buster only. Yeah. So like Buster and only Buster and I sort of started on TV together at the same time. Um, gives you how long ago that was. And, so that was cold pizza and I was doing some stuff here at ESPN radio in LA with Mason in Ireland. Um, and, uh, I was doing like, like some hits on ESPN news and I but think I was writing was for ESPN well. the magazine. Yeah. You were making money on the site. Yes. Yeah. And, the, and my Townsend Mr. Roto site was doing real well. So, um, I remember they had this list of, so we're doing this fantasy show. Jamie Horowitz was running it and ESPN had never really done a show. And for some reason decided to do it out of New York city. Right. And blow it up and make it this big production, which now in retrospect seems ludicrous. You had <laughs> right. Bristol, Connecticut, and there's no reason fantasy has to be in New York. Right. My buddy Rob Stone was the host. Yep. We got, what was her name? Danny from Survivor. Danny Boatwright. But, we, but yep. we needed the we needed the fantasy person. And I and remember Jaws, that, Ron Jaworski. And Jaws, Jaws, Jaws was on was the X's and O's guy. And, and we had this list of fantasy people. And I remember seeing the talented Mr. Roto and being like, great name. Really appreciate that dude's name. And then it kind of snowballed. You were clearly the best guy. Oh, I appreciate that. Well, I remember coming into a, so I came into this meeting and they, cause I would sent them this tape of, you know, various things that I'd done, like the cold pizza and the ESPN news stuff and everything like that. But they're like, we want you to meet, you know, uh, the producers and everything like that. So I go in and I meet like, so yeah, Jamie and, um, a lot of, there were a lot of producers. There was a production company as well. And you were in there. So it was like 12 people. Was yeah, we, for some reason LA? we outsourced it to a production company, which right. was also ludicrous. There's <laughs> right. a lot of mistakes made. Yes. Um, and, and, and by the way, the show was once a week at like three 30 and like, you know, the idea that now like ESPN what day was do it? it, it was like Thursdays at three 30. So it was like, and this is like. Which is also stupid because ad drops are already done by then. Right, ad drops are already done, and they didn't really have the Thursday night game back then. Yeah. So it was just like, um, yeah, oh, I guess just, maybe on ESPN, like shows that happen once a week don't work unless they're tied to a live event, like Sunday NFL Countdown or Fantasy Football Now or Monday Night Countdown or College Game Day or whatever. So it's so it was just kind of this this random three thirty in the afternoon ESPN to show. Um, but yeah, but anyway, so I walked into, uh, to a room with like 12 people and I immediately, I, you know, I'd read you for years. So I immediately recognized you. And, uh, so that was weird. And so whatever we had a, we had a conversation and I found out later and I've written about this before, but I found out later, uh, from other people that you behind the scenes were like, Matthew's the guy you got to hire Matthew. Matthew's the guy. I don't really remember who the competition was. I know some of the names I don't want to like, but, um, Um, you were to me. You were clearly the guy. Well, I, well, I appreciate that. But so what's I, funny I, is that show should have worked, and the reason they stopped doing it, the rating. First of all, there was a big internal war about whether we should do fantasy or not. And me, it was John Walsh who had a lot of power right. back then, who loved fantasy and was in yes. all these leagues. And we would always be like, "How do we not have a fantasy show? Yeah, how is fantasy not on television on ESPN?" And people are like, "No, no, that's." It's, it's an Dungeons and Dragons. It's, it's, Get the hell out of here. No way. It's an internet thing. Yeah. And they were, they were so dismissive and fucking catty about it. And, yeah. and so we, we really fought for the show and then it failed. Yes. And then it was like, ah, the old man's wrong again. It was like one of those things like, we're not wrong. All right. these people are playing fantasy football. You guys are crazy. We just shouldn't have done the show in New York. Do it in Bristol. Yeah. The show actually ended up doing it. I think we did the, the show was done in Bristol, but the pilot was done in New York. Um, but it was, no, the problem was, 
Everything was done in Bristol? The show was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I flew to Bristol every third. I was still living in LA. No, so I, I thought flew the first, to, the first like six, seven weeks, we had this crazy studio in New York. You're remembering this wrong. I'm. It's, that's we entirely the, possible. We moved the show to Bristol. We did it for like eight, nine weeks in this really fancy New York studio. That was the reason I had to move. It was huh. super expensive. Oh, okay. And I think you might be. You might be and right. I think we I, fired I, the production company. You just blocked it out of your mind. <laughs> that's entirely possible. <laughs> and we fired the production like, company and moved it to Bristol. Um, that part I remember. Um, I part I remember the the production company leaving, but I um I just remember because I was living in L.A. at the time, so I was literally doing a cross country flight once a week, you know, both ways for a half hour television show. One of the things I liked about you at the time where you were, you were completely, completely sure. And I, I was too, just cause I had had success with it, with uh, writing about it. Yeah. You were completely sure there was a place for like a Mel Kuyper of fantasy. You were like, this is a territory that is wide open. I can be this person. I will do yeah. anything it takes. And I'm going to plant my flag before anyone else. Well, yeah. I mean, I, um, it's interesting. So in 2004, I had started this website called Rotopass, and I was talking to a friend of mine who was one of the guys that founded stamps.com actually. And uh, he was a buddy of mine and I was talking to him and like, this is 2004 and I know nothing about the internet. Right. And, but this guy found it, you know, he's one of the co-founders yeah. co of stamps.com. So he's like my internet genius buddy. And so I remember talking to him about like, I'm like, I don't, you know, help me promote my talents, Mr. Roto website. What do I do? And I, and uh, he's just like, oh, well, um, so we talked like a SEO and, you know, you know, tags and, you know, all, all meta tags and everything like that. But uh, then he just said like, he's like, well, why don't you get somebody to endorse it? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, get an athlete to endorse it. And I'm like, first off, I can't afford a real athlete. Yeah. And then I said, and, and, and everyone knows that at that time, like athletes hated fantasy. They thought it was super nerdy and they didn't like it. I said, so in terms they, of my yeah, well, budget, they hated that people would bring it up to them too. hundred percent. So it was going to be like, it's going to be like, Hey, for Rotopass, I'm FP Santangelo. Like that's <laughs> right. what I'm going to be able to get. Right. You know? So, um, and then he says like, well, why don't you get the guy? And I'm like, what do you mean the guy? And I says, well, who's he's like, if this, he's like, I don't play fantasy sports, but if fantasy sports is as big as you say it is, um, there's got to be a guy there's who's the person that when you think about fantasy sports is the most that everyone thinks of, like, who's that person? And I'm like, no one really. There's a couple of, there's a couple of people that, you know, that I respect that have been doing it for a while. Um, Eric Carabell who had been an, at ESPN a guy named Ron Chandler, uh, who did a website called baseball HQ. And, and so, um, I said, but I don't know that there's anyone that's sort of ubiquitous, you know, and everything like that. And he goes, well, if this thing is as popular and as big as you say it is, someone eventually will be. Somebody will be yeah. that guy. He says, you should try to make it you. And I'm like, me? And he goes, well, he's like, how long have you been playing? And I said, since I was 14 years old. He's like, how long have you been writing about it professionally? I said, since 1999. He's like, I mean, he's like, I don't know what the credibility or, you know, the credits you need to do this, but it sounds like you've done it. It turns out you needed no credibility <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'd been doing it professionally for a long time at that point, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I turned Talented Mr. Roto into a website, frankly, all about me. Yeah. And so, and everything I did from that point forward was to to try to get to that goal. Yeah, I mean, it was a very specific, you know, I've been very candid about that, trying to make myself a personality and try to, you know, entirely because I thought, could I get big enough, quote unquote, big enough, where I could just promote my site, where people cared enough that they wanted to buy this website? We've talked about this before, but I'm I'm retreading the ground. My bit, my fantasy goes back to '82. Might yeah. have been 81, but definitely 82. Baseball draft, my dad's friends, batting average plus homers. Wow, that's it? That was it. And I still have the homework from one of those years. And it's like, uh, 
you know, Robin Yount, 310 plus 18, <laughs> right. 328. You know, uh, and then you couldn't make trades during, if you'd made a trade during the year, you just got the guy for the whole year. It wasn't like the added up stats. So that was that. Basketball, 1985, we started. We did the, the mm -hmm. one of the Larry Bird leagues. Right. Football, it wasn't until about 90. But when I had, when I, uh, when I launched my yeah. old site in 97, one of the things was like, well, I, I don't have a place to read about fantasy. I don't, nobody writes about wrestling. Nobody writes all right. these things that me and my friends talked about weren't on the internet. I was at the Herald. I was pitching them a fantasy column and a wrestling column and all these different, and they were like, what? No, go away. And well, by 2001, by the time, I remember I'd done some fantasy, some running diaries of fantasy drafts. Right. Including one that, in 98, like a bachelor party. And <laughs> it just felt like people liked them. And I, I oh. never understood why fantasy wasn't, accepted in the sports writing world. It never made sense. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those things that I think people just, you had people in positions of power, and I'm just talking about the industry in general, um, not in one specific company, but where people, there were people in positions of power that were just sort of, you know, whether they were older or not, you know, really in tune with, it's a little bit like, and so I think at this it's point- like, It's now, like how we feel about Bitcoin right now. Right, like, right. Whoa, I'm sure. Bitcoin, what's that? Well, or, or by the way, how we felt, how people felt about esports five years ago. We're like, wait, you're, people are going to watch other people play video games? Or how I feel about esports three minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> what? My, I have a you tell it to Barclays? What? I, I have a 13 year old who does one of two things plays Fortnite or watches other people play Fortnite. Oh, that's but, my 10 year old. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, that, we're, literally we're, all he does. Yeah. Um, it's better, I guess, than killing someone. Right. In real life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. Yeah. If you're, if you're balancing it out. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, but anyway, so well, I, I wrote about this in my book where I mentioned, I gave you credit because when, when I was there and just sort of like in 99 or whatever, and, and uh, I've been playing since I was 84, by the way, $37 on Mario Soto. That was my very first, wow. that was my very first bid ever in a fantasy baseball draft. Um, uh, he did not return $37 worth of value in no, 1984. I'm um, impressed you were doing an auction back then. We were then. doing an auction. Well, I had we read always the, did snake draft forever. I had read the original Rotisserie League baseball book. Yeah. You know, by Dan Okrent and Glenn Wagner and everything like that. And I found um, there were a bunch of people in College Station, Texas. Like uh, there were these 25 to 30 year old guys that were going to start a league. One of whom was my tennis coach. And I was 14 years old. I was a freshman in high school. And I walked up to a lesson one day. I was take, I used to take lessons. I was actually decent at tennis there for a minute. And uh, I said, wait, are you guys talking about rotisserie league baseball? And they're like, you've heard of it. And I'm like, you guys have heard about it. And like, we'd all read this book. Yeah. And like, I think we've all been there, especially for people that have been playing fantasy for a long time, where you just, you need one person for to lead, to finish the league. Like you just need one, any person, you just need like a warm body. And so that year, like all these adults were like, we need one person to do a 10 team NL only, uh, you know, fantasy baseball league. And so they asked me to be in the league. So that was my very first league in 1984. And that league still goes today, 34 years later or whatever. And um, my, the only league from the 80s that still exists in my life is my dad is still in the basketball league. And oh, they, wow. they added some. Do you play with him? Do you, I mean, or do you I, help him or like he's on his own because right. it's in Massachusetts. I don't right. want to like FaceTime in, but uh, he still does that. And for some reason, it always starts two weeks after the season, which <laughs> drives me crazy. Right, sure. And then it's like, yeah, I got Victor Oladipo in the second round. It's like he's in the 20th round if you do the draft three weeks ago. But I think like <laughs> nephew Kyle, big fantasy fan, he's just grown up with it. I, it's yeah. probably weird for him to even hear that it was. It was taboo. I mean, it wasn't quite Handmaid's Tale or anything, but it was like, <laughs> right. it definitely was like over here in the corner. Well, and uh, those, what I was getting to is I remember that, um, I remember when when 
back in those old days or whatever, like in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. And it was sort of it was thought of as, you know, a new version of Dungeons and Dragons. And it was this nerdy thing and athletes hated it and the leagues hated it. Um, and they weren't sure it was going to ruin sports. It's going to ruin sports. And, oh, you root for players and not teams. And, you know, all the all the things. And it's it's nerds and it's nerds in their basement, you know, and who live with their mom, blah, blah, blah. And I just remember. And like I said, I put this in my book. I remember you being the first national columnist personality, you know, person to ever talk about fantasy and talk about it in a, per, in a, in a positive way. Like yeah. you writing those columns and being like, Oh yeah, I play fantasy and I'm in the league of dorks and all the different things you were talking about was like, you know, like I remember thinking like, Oh my God, we've got somebody we've, we've got, yeah. we, we got one. <laughs> convert. Right. I remember in 2001, I wrote a piece about, I think it was called like how to insult people at your fantasy draft. <laughs> Which right. is super dated now. If you right, read it, sure. it's all these like witty insults and <laughs> things. But it was stuff we did. I I think the the biggest bummer of the 21st century is the fantasy draft has just become not that fun. It's like everybody's prepared. Right. There's no they, everyone has the same sleepers. There's no there's nobody in the table who's just a disaster. Right. Picking. You know, the, picking the guy that's out for the year. Like, yeah, the, the that, guy, or, no one's picking Hunter Henry this year. Or spending $48 on Jameis Winston. And, <laughs> but those guys always end up finishing like second or third. Right. The people, it was always our friend camp in, in my football well, league. If you, if you would do a, if uh, the most annoying thing ever was like when you would do an auction and like you've done all your prep and you've got like deep, deep sleepers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that. And so you'd, you'd, you'd throw at a guy and then there'd be like one or two people like, Ooh, you know, like, Oh, I can't believe I don't have enough money. And then there's the guy down at the end who has no idea who that even is, but here's a couple other people going, goes, uh, two, three, you know, and has no concept of anything, but like just outbids you for, uh, well, that's why I right. stopped playing fantasy basketball. And, yeah. and you have this problem too, when people feel like you have the most yep. insight slash information, and you're just sitting there and you're in like in a basketball thing and somebody's like Old Depot 13 and I go, I'll go 14. And then somebody's like, oh, someone's like some 15. Right. Yeah, you're right. And it's like, fuck, I'm just paying 28% higher for everybody I like. I walk into a draft and I have yet to walk into a draft where there wasn't at least one person that was sitting there with my rankings, whether they believe them or not. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that, like they literally put it out there just to know, just so you know, I know exactly who you like and where you rank them. And I'm going to, you know, I'm either going to try to, uh, to screw you over or, you know, or they, or they like my rankings either way. But it, yeah, I mean, that's Hold always on, I a, have a, we, we got to take a break, but I have a confession about okay my rankings when we used to do this podcast. But first I'm going to keep you on for this. All right. What do we got? Squarespace. Turn your dream into a reality with Squarespace. They make it easier than ever to launch your passion project, whether you're looking to start a new business, showcase your work, publish content, sell products, and more. Squarespace, the tool for you. Beautiful templates created by world-class designers, the ability to customize just about anything with a few clicks. You can make an, easily make a beautiful website yourself. Are you happy with how your fantasy column on ESPN.com looks these days? Uh, you, sure. You could sure. Get a, it, it could get a little, you could add a little jazz to it. Listen, I I have so little technical skills. Yeah, okay. I have so little technical skills. But well, uh, yeah, but maybe, Squarespace, maybe, maybe Squarespace can uh, help on my rotopass.com. <laughs> Squarespace's powerful e-commerce functionality lets you sell anything online. Analytics help you grow your site in real time. Everything optimized for mobile right out of the box. There's nothing to patch or upgrade ever. Buying demand simple. You'll get the help you'll need with Squarespace's 24-7 award-winning customer support. They empower millions of people from designers to lawyers, artists to gamers, even restaurants and gyms. 
and fantasy football columnists. To turn hey, great now. ideas into something real, head to squarespace.com slash BS for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code BS to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash BS, offer code BS. So when we used to do those giant two-hour fantasy yeah. preview podcasts, my friends in my football league would listen to it. Okay. And they would know everybody I liked. <laughs> right. I realized that one year and then for the next couple of times, I would intentionally either nag two players that I actually liked with you <laughs> or give two right. people that right. I really liked that I didn't like that much. It, it, it turned into like this high stakes poker match right. where I was trying to throw people off my own scent, yeah. which is Did so fucking stupid. I haven't won since 2006 and the league was so. <laughs> Although, you know, I had the greatest right. fantasy team right. of all time that year. You You remember your greatest fantasy team of all time, right? Yeah, some of them. Some of them. I've had a few. I had Tom Brady. Heard of him. I had LT during his Watershed yeah. 06 year. Probably the greatest fantasy football player Oh, no, player I'm sorry. Ever. This is 07, not, not 06. Okay. Tom Brady and the 07 Pats. Right. Uh, LT, last grade LT yeah. year. Yep. Peterson is a rookie. Wow. Okay, yeah. Wes Welker. Yeah. Who everyone gave me shit for, and I ended up buying a Welker jersey and wearing it all season. But it was just one of those... <laughs> I, that was the year I wrote whether it was possible to go undefeated with your fantasy team. Oh, I remember team. that. We had that debate. Yeah, yeah I really yeah. thought. And then you came on the pod and we argued about it. But that was my one great team. I still have it. It was like my 86 Celtics right. of fantasy. Should you don't I, have you your one I, team? Not one team. I mean, there there are seasons and wins that, uh, that I love. Um, what uh, was the highest stakes league you've been in that you can talk about that legal, I uh, publicly? Oh, um, I was in a... Uh, I was in a... $5,000 league, $5,000 a team league. And so I won, uh, I won that like three years ago. So do people bring you in because you're like the ringer and it's fun to beat the ringer. Yes. There's definitely a, um, Hey, it would be, and I'm actually not fun in a fantasy league. I actually no, don't not. think I write. I'm not fun in a fantasy league. I fully admit that. Um, you're not fun at the draft. You I'm, take it way too seriously. I take it, I, it, it's one of two things. I either take it way too seriously I'm I'm much more chill now than probably I was when we would draft because at that point I feel like I'm still trying to prove myself. Like right. you're like, wait, you're ESPN's fantasy guy. You have to be the greatest fantasy player ever. You're like, well, no, like I, I think I'm pretty good, but like it you're, was weird. Like the, the, You're like the, a bachelor porn star just trying to prove over <laughs> and over again that you're the best at sex. It it was one of those things where I um the day before, I'm just gonna dodge that one and, and move right on. Yeah. I'm um uh, I still work for Disney. Uh so <laughs> The day before, uh, you know, the day before I got hired by ESPN and the day after I got hired by ESPN, I was the same level of fantasy player, whatever that is. But the day I got hired and I was named ESPN senior fantasy analyst, everyone was like, well, you must be the greatest fantasy player ever. You know, yeah. you're like, and you're like, you're Jordan. I'm like, well, not like, you know, the same dumb stuff that I thought, you know, two days ago when I was doing my Towns of Roto site. So it was weird, just, you know, the power of those four letters. And so I think probably... Well, you had on, a bunch like, of the, huh? You had a bunch of complexes. Yes, you're a fantasy guy in a network that didn't believe in fantasy. Yes, you were on a TV show that didn't work initially and proved everybody's opinion of fantasy that was wrong. And then eventually, as you gain success, they start trying to figure out. And and actually, I should say, people who are younger, who are moving up into positions of power, who are used to fantasy, are like, we should have fantasy. And right. now you're on Sunday NFL Countdown. Right. But you're treated like, you know, 
Um, I, yeah. I, you're you're uh, just kind of over here on the show. Yeah, I'm a, nobody, I'm a little bit. I'm in the corner. Nobody's I'm, 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 I'm baby. And nobody's I'm in the selling you. You're like a pro wrestler, and you're doing moves, and people are just getting right up from the moves. They weren't sure what to. It, it was a. I mean, and, and you know, I want to be clear here that it wasn't the entire. I mean, there were. You mentioned John Walsh, John Kozner as well was a was a big supporter of fantasy, big supporter of mine. Skipper was a Skipper Skip, was a supporter. Skipper was a supporter, no question about it. Having you on my side definitely helped. Chris Berman, uh, giant uh, fantasy fan. <laughs> uh, Boomer has never been anything but gracious to me. He's not a fantasy player. He's not a fantasy fan. He's very uh, open about that. But just uh, person to person, he Boomer doesn't work never, there anymore. We can talk about know, it. He's I'm like, who the fuck you, is this guy? He, I know. He was. I, I just have to say, Boomer was always great, very gracious with me. We're just a, what person to person. He, 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 he does not like fantasy. fantasy. He he is he's definitely been very uh, clear about that. But Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> he didn't like it. He didn't like it. He sort of his take was, and I understand it. His take was that basically that he felt like, and I don't know that he's he's completely wrong in that. That just basically he didn't feel like the people that were tuning into Sunday NFL Countdown were there for fantasy information that they should, that the P and, and I think that's right. Actually, that's I mean, why we have fantasy football now on Sunday. The people that are interested in specifically fantasy football, help me with who's injured, who's in. I want to tell me about my team. I actually think he's I'm right. Watch that. Yes. So that's what I, that would, and I think it probably got misconstrued a little bit somewhat, but that was always sort of, that's when he how kept he telling you to, to get the fuck off his set. He never said, get that off to me. my set. He never said, get that him that off. He never tell said, tell it to, to Mr. Me. Rota my ass. <laughs> Boomer. I know. I know. Boomer has been nothing but gracious to me throughout. No, but my, I think the right move was um, to, was to put it just like, if you want fantasy, here it is. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, he just, listen, he never, he never bought in, but. No, I'm saying went, like putting fantasy on a different oh, channel 100%. entirely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's over here. It's over here. We're going all in. I, so, you know, it's. So the, yeah, the issue was, so there were, there were people internally at ESPN, but they didn't know. Um, so there were people that felt like it was just an internet play. Um, and so, right. But yeah, I mean, like whatever Skipper and, and Kozner and John and you and, and some of the other people internally at ESPN were definitely pro fantasy and also supportive of me because I was in it once they sort of got over the hump on fantasy. I'm kind of this weird guy in that like I'm not a you, you know, you mentioned Mel Kuyper. Um, when I was hired, that was one of the you didn't things have they were the talking. Same hair. Right, the I, hair I definitely don't have the totally same hair. An issue. But I'm not like I'm not just like bum, 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 Mr. Stats. Like I was, I was somebody that you know I weaved pop culture and I weaved my own life stories in. I remember when I first showed up, people were like, and you and I talked about this privately, but people were like, oh, you just want to be Simmons. You're just trying to be Simmons. No. And I was just like, no. I mean, like we both we're both about the same age, so we have some of the same pop culture references. But I never thought my writing style was similar to yours. In the only sense is that we're both somewhat conversational. But if I, if I was threatened by you at that right. point, I just would have had you killed. Right, exactly. I had a lot of power back well, then. Well, you certainly wouldn't. Have, you certainly wouldn't have had me on your podcast or promoted me, and you promoted no. me. And I can say this: I mean, you wouldn't. But Bill also was, in addition to helping me publicly, you were also very gracious internally. You, you and I had some private conversations about navigating the place sometimes, or that. And I know you would. You would sometimes. <laughs> I ended up getting fired, so maybe it wasn't the best <laughs> advice. Actually, I didn't get fired. My right. contract was not renewed. Right there, you go. But um, well, listen. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens when I'm up. But um, but so far, so good. Well, your advice was at least good with me well, and no, the um, most important thing i ever did for you yeah other than fighting for you for that first show was super bowl 2008 glendale yes. arizona <laughs> me and skipper and walsh were going to dinner and we had a, it was a table for four and walsh was like who should we invite and i'm like we should invite barry we could talk right. fantasy the whole thing like talk about where fantasy is going it's a great idea 
So we invited you and it was like, you had been called up to the majors. Yes. You had a I little deer in the headlights for like 20 minutes, yeah. but then it, it, we were drinking we wine and you were set up. But yeah, that was like your call up to the majors moment. That was, yeah, it was, uh, I got to sit at the cool kids table. That was, uh, that was pretty cool. That was a big moment. Um, so thank you for that. Um, it was fun though. Yeah, it was great. We had a great night. Walsh loved fantasy more than anyone I've ever met. He's the only person who really instill in 2018 thinks you want to hear about his team for 15 minutes. <laughs> Which I know is like probably the worst part of your job. A little bit. That's that's tough. Matthew, but, but, did that's, it, but that's part of the gig. That's part have, of the gig. Do you have two minutes? I just want to tell you about my draft. Right. I get that. Yeah, that's a so conversation. So I'm, I'm in the sixth round and I need a receiver. Right. Joe Horn sitting there. <laughs> right. That's, so, I mean, that's that's my life. That's the gig. That's part of the part that's of the, the tax. That's the that's the that's the that's part of the gig. But I mean, listen, Walsh was actually part of the second. I mean, he was when he used to run inside sports. He published an article um, by, I want to say by Dan Okrent. Called he did. The, the no, year that's, George, that was the first one. Yeah. The yeah. year George Foster was worth $36. That was the name of the article. And so he read that article, which explained how Okrent had this, the rotisserie, the original rotisserie league baseball, a rotisserie baseball league, you know, with Okrent and Glenn Wagner and the, the founding fathers, if you will. And um, he read that article and he immediately started a league. So Walsh, and I believe that league still goes today. Walsh is in the second ever fantasy baseball league in the, the the history of it. So, and he was, I mean, Walsh was a, um, was it, was a big supporter is still, you know, somebody I still go to for advice. Um, uh, Oh, he so, has advice. Yeah. Uh, he's available. Yeah. He's, he's ready. Um, he's ready to give advice. So, uh, yeah. Love he's John listening Walsh. right now. He's and, on pins and needles. <laughs> he is not. He's a hundred percent listening right now. Absolutely not. He's, he's sitting in, I'm sending this to him. He's listening. Uh, okay. He's like go. a proud papa right now. Uh, so he is, a, he is, a. he, he is, really was the only executive for eight years who was like, we should have fantasy football. And 100%. everybody else thought he was a lunatic. hundred percent. He fought so hard for, for fantasy and for the inclusion of fantasy. And so it took a, it took a long time. It sounds and so, like we're talking about like women's rights or something. I know, it's stupid <laughs> like, fantasy football. Oh, the, the Crusaders. Football. That's right. Thank God. That's oh right. man. So, then, much, uh, so much hard really, work. We won that battle <laughs> to get fake football on a, on a cable network. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so they didn't know what to sort of uh, do with me because just because I wasn't like that typical, um, you know, uh, typical just all stats and everything like that. So well, you weren't an athlete either. Out, right. You were an athlete and you were a athlete. reporter, which is the two types of people they put on television. Right. So it was it was definitely a uh, it yeah it was definitely a struggle there to get um, I know, knew to you, navigate the place. I knew on. you made it. I don't remember what year it was, but I know I was still there. When all of a sudden, when you're like, I'm done with all the other sports, I'm just football now. Right. I was like, wow, what a mic drop by Barry. <laughs> He's just going to do football. Yeah. He's just going to ignore football baseball and basketball. He's out. Yeah. But in your defense, it's impossible to do all three of those. To do them all well. The internet got, the the bar got higher and higher with information. 100%. You can't be wrong ever. Right. And it just becomes a 24-7 job. Plus, Especially, basketball is the most disappointing. We've just never figured out fantasy basketball. I've written columns about this. We've never figured out a successful model that goes from game one to game 82 that well, I've I, been happy with. I think part of the pro part, I mean, I think Daly has actually helped. Uh, Daly's fans, helped a ton. Yeah. I think part of the problem, candidly, is when the season starts. I think the season's too long for fantasy, 82 games. And I think it's um, starting in. Uh, you know, starting in the middle of fantasy football season. Right. But I will tell you that at ESPN, we have more people playing fantasy basketball with us than fantasy baseball. It's our second most popular fantasy sport now. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, and by the way, obviously, um, I mean, 
the NBA is, I think it goes in popularity with the sport as well. The NBA is an ascendant league. Obviously the ratings are huge on ESPN. Like it's obviously a very important partner to us. So we we're promoting it a lot. Yeah. We, after fantasy football, fantasy basketball is our second biggest. I'm surprised. I'm always unhappy with how a season goes. I'll never forget when David Robinson got hurt with like two games to go in the mid 90s. <laughs> well, that's why, listen, if title. you're still hanging on to fucking just David sitting. Robinson, then that, that, no, that's, I mean, the like, Spurs were just sitting him like the last two games. I something had something happen. It was, oh, my God. He came back for six games. That oh, no, the, that was a different year. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about the year before. I was talking about the year before they got Tim Duncan. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there was a year where David Robinson just kind of he sat down the stretch and. Or maybe it was Hakeem. I, it was one of those guys from the 90s. I'm like, this is so stupid. Why do yeah. we do this to ourselves? I wonder if there's a way to... I, I think the great unknown frontier that we've never figured out with fantasy is how to incorporate the playoffs with the regular season, which is something my East Coast Fantasy League, which I finally right. dropped out of a year ago, we made the top four teams, made the playoffs, and then you got to basically redraft right. and add people. And yeah. it was good. It was a good way to do it. It added a little fun to the, added a little spice. I like it as a, as a secondary thing to keep the league together and have action during the playoffs. Um, I don't like it. You and I have talked about this before. I don't like it as a continuation of the regular season. Like, I think you should be able to win a championship in the regular season. You, we we, we right. would have prizes for the regular, but the thing is now with the playoffs, daily fantasy. Yeah. I think that the most fun thing about daily fantasy is those first two playoff rounds. I love. Oh, look, I wild love doing wild those card weekend and the, and the and the and then the divisional playoffs are like the two best weekends in sports. So you think daily fantasy, pretty much a hundred percent a positive here with fantasy. Yeah, I look it. It's changed the context a it, little bit it, where it's not big picture anymore. It's like more micro focus. But yeah, I, I mean, think it's a positive. I think it's a hundred percent a positive, and it's brought new people to the space. It, it certainly brought a lot of money and attention to the space. I mean, listen, did. Did DraftKings and FanDuel make some missteps on the way? A hundred percent. But, you know, listen, human beings are running those companies. And, and you know, the thing I always say about DraftKings, um, like, and I know those guys, is like, people forget, it was it was started by three guys from like, I think, Vistaprint. So in the middle of 2012, three guys from Vistaprint were sitting around a table and saying like, hey, we should start a daily fantasy sports company. And three years later, they're on the cover of magazines you know, worth a billion dollars. And it's like, like you know, Zuckerberg had, had missteps on the way with, with Facebook. Like, I mean, like, I just don't think people understand like how, what a rocket ship ride that is. And so, you know, going from like, Hey, I have an idea to all of a sudden you're worth a billion dollars in the course of like three years is like, that's a, you're obviously going to make some, you know, well, their big mistakes. mistake was all the advertising spending right. they did, which Turn they did off. the hedge fund yeah. thing. Yeah, it was just too ubiquitous. But, um, but anyway, I, I think ultimately, I think daily fantasy sports uh, has been good for the industry, uh, for the for the fantasy sports industry. And also, the other thing is, is that I think with the advent of sports gambling, yeah, is uh, I, this is a question I get a lot: is like, oh, well, is fantasy going to go away? Are you worried about your job? Are you going to try transition no. to gambling? And not at all. It's like they go hand in hand. Well, not only that, but I'm like. Your question, your question assumes that no one's been gambling up to this point. Right and now, and then, oh, now all of a sudden, now they're now because it's legal. Suddenly, people, yeah, what's like, gambling? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like everyone's been like, so maybe there's some casual people that will start because now it's it'll be easier and there'll be apps and they can just sort of do it with one touch. But I mean, there's there's millions upon millions of people that gamble right now, and obviously, fantasy sports is still insanely popular. So I actually, you'll, you'll I don't remember think the, I don't think they're the same thing. You'll remember this because I think we talked to Kozner about it back in right. the day. 
I used to love a site called Small World, which I think yes. was the Sporting News, and then it became Small World. But it, I know it was the guys that ran that site. Yeah, it was basically Daily Fantasy before Daily Fantasy. My right. buddy Gus and I, we did in the late nineties. We won. You know, we had a team called Mr. Fuji and Mr. Saito. <laughs> okay, not bad. <laughs> and we won in the nineties, somewhere in the late nineties with the football team. But the whole goal of it was you picked your team. There were salaries, right? And then each week you could make moves. Which it was probably really, like two bucks a move or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was two Some bucks those, a yeah. move and you had a salary cap and all that. And then eventually that went away and it became Small World, which right. I love for basketball. I remember, or I'm going to say it was in the 2002 to four range. Same thing, salaries, create your team. You have it, then you have four moves. The, the mistake they made was you could just keep buying moves so people could just basically splurge right. and, and, yeah. and overpower everybody else. But the the whole idea of taking salaries and trying to make a team has been there for like twenty plus years. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not, a, and it's weird that cap- it took as long as it did for like DraftKings and FanDuel to put it together. Yeah, I mean the the salary cap format's been there forever, and I think, um, yeah, you know, no, but it, I mean like the salary cap where somebody's arbitrarily creating yeah, random salaries. Correct. They're giving you a cap, right? Yeah, that, that format's been I around just forever. Like the, I like the math of it, like just trying to figure out what's the perfect team I could create. Just right. as a competitive person, it's like, oh, oh man, I'll take this yeah, guy, I'll a, put this guy a, in. It's a super fun format. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, the 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 FanDuel guys, and those are the guys that sort of were the very first DFS company, really, in the, in the true sense of the word. Um, and they they noticed this, you know, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. They, they noticed this exception in the PAPSA rule about um, that games of skill. And so they took that salary cap format and... Basically, the games you were describing, those existed for a long time, but it was in essence, you were playing against the house, if you will, if you want to, you know, and so you're playing against Small World or whatever. And so FanDuel was, hence Duel, Fan Duel, that was the idea is that it was head to head, it was peer to peer. Yeah. So that was the, that was the quote, big innovation that they made and they took that there and then they, you know, and then I think the rest it, is history. I think it works great for golf. 100%. Joe House, who and knows you, more about golf than anybody I know, has won me money. The last two majors. And it's really it's, funny. It's it really done, gets me into the majors. It's, it's done perfect. huge for fantasy golf, uh, daily fantasy, um, NASCAR too. It helps. NASCAR. NASCAR. Fan, there's daily DFS for NASCAR. Oh, yeah. I always used to say, I mean, and you and I used to talk about it when we used to talk about like fantasy bachelor and stuff like that. Like I always say, if there's a way for you to keep score at it, there's a way to play a fantasy version of it. Yeah. And so. Um, I don't think it works as well with basketball because I, I think. The basketball, the salaries are so high, and it's really just a crapshoot. You pick like Kyle Korver, and it's like, oh, he hit seven threes today, and that guy won fantasy today because randomly well, Kyle Korver. Listen, any any sort of fantasy involves a little bit of luck, but no, there are. Um, there so are you people, like it for basketball? I do like it for basketball. I don't play. I only played in one season long fantasy basketball league this year. Um, I don't like the daily. I think it's too random. Uh, well, I think if you, if you, if you, I mean, there are people that do crazy amounts of research that really sort of dial down into it and uh, can look and say like, oh, well, Kyle Corver is playing against a team that's bad in terms of three point defense. And, right. you know, you're looking at the over under and it's high. And, and so, and, and they're playing a team that's on the second night of a back, you know, a back to back and yeah, screw those people. I don't yeah. want to work that hard. <laughs> there you that's go. why football is right, great because so, football. So, so yeah, it's become, it's not, it's not that it's too hard or too random. It's Bill doesn't want to work too hard. Which no, is I, don't, I don't want to spend two hours right. trying to figure out what Kyle Corver's threes are. Right. Well, then it may not be for you. No, but, but it is though. fun. It is fun if like you just, you know, nephew Kyle or whatever, if you just look, I understand sort of the issue with kind of quote unquote, the sharks. Yeah. So, but like, it is very fun if like 
you and house, like just, you know, Hey, let's put five bucks on this and let's just, both well, I, do, I only night. do single entry. That's it. Right. Yeah. I'd, and I think single entry has been pretty reliable because I, I think one of the biggest problems there, and I got really frustrated. I even tweeted about it once. It was just like, once, once all the information came out about people having these programs and right, all just the flooding the market and, and algorithms, all like that stuff, it's like, well, lineups. Yeah. they're gaming the system against us. But I think with single entry, it's mitigated some of that. Yes. And, uh, I like I, I'm genuinely excited for football. We did I did an ad like for like I'll play privately with my friends, which I enjoy. Like I just whatever yeah. fi- like people that I'm not in leagues with, but who I like. You know what I mean? Like you and I aren't in a league together, but I could see like, hey, Bill, let's you and I just let's both do a lineup tonight head for head. fun and just for fun, like whatever. I'll be like, Are cares? you calling me out, Barry? I'm calling you out. <laughs> I did an ad for FanDuel on Monday where they were talking about how they have preseason fantasy football, and I was like, <laughs> Yeah, they do. Whoa, preseason <laughs> fantasy football. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. Wow, this yeah. is really separating the men from the boys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of ads, please talk about why you love the all new Sonos Beam. Okay, I'm going to talk please about that more. right now. Why do you love the all new Sonos Beam, Bill? Well, I'll tell you, it enhances. All of my daily routines with incredible sound for shows, music, video game, podcasts, audiobooks, movie night. Tell me more. Uh, I enjoy the crystal clear dialogue, the speech enhancement feature. Yeah, that makes sense. It uses advanced technology to ensure I never miss a word when I'm watching shows and movies. Cool. Setting it up is super easy. Well, that's good to know. You and I connect to the with TV. That. One cord syncs with my existing remote. Amazon Alexa is involved. Hey Plus privacy mode. Turn your TV sound up or down using my voice. Get better than that. Turn the microphone off altogether with touch of a button. Beautiful size. Beautiful design. Makes it so much fun to binge watch. Uh, You can use AirPlay. Oh, hey, okay. Yeah. Here's the thing. We're moving toward a world where eventually we're able to control all these things with one button. We're getting there. (laughs) Yeah. The Beam brings us close. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Order your Sonos Beam to start your smart home sound system. It's 2018, people. Get your crap together. Sonos, S-O-N-O-S dot com. Check it out. Beam. Um, We're getting to a world where you're not even going to need to touch anything. You're just going to be able to say, you know, say whatever you want and it will happen. When did you feel like you won with fantasy? Like if if we're talking about like this is like lost with Jack versus Locke (laughs) and people are in one camp, people are in the other camp where it was fine that like the people like us were like, we win. People like fantasy content. F you. Oh, that's a great question. And I I felt like it was early last decade. I yeah. mean, I'm sorry, early this decade. So I'm going to say like the 10, 11, 12 range, somewhere in there. It definitely wasn't last decade. No, I mean, listen, I, I mean, there there are moments, right? I mean, there are, there are certain personal moments. It'd be hard to say like, I mean, because fantasy was always popular. Like, so, Yeah, but the I, idea of somebody somebody becoming like a Mel Kuyper Wojnarowski type for fantasy was not conceivable 10 years ago. Yeah, no. That, uh, Even as you were trying to do it, it didn't try, seem yeah. conceivable. Um, I mean, again, there were there were people that were supportive of that idea, but um, yeah, it, it wasn't like a mainstream idea or something like that. Um, well, I'll tell you, there were a couple of, a couple of, a couple of personal um, moments, right? So yeah, I mean, I would agree sort of there. I mean, listen, when Fantasy Football Now, which started as an internet show in 2008, we were on ESPN.com, when they put that on television the first year, which I, I want to say that it was either 09 or 10, yeah. 2010, where literally John Skipper came by on a Sunday and just like, uh, like he, we were we were all sitting in the um, 
uh, we were waiting to go on and uh, we were like sitting in the cafeteria or something like that. And he just sort of looked up and he, he looked up at the screen and we had like the Westminster dog show or something on ESPN two. He's just like, why aren't you guys on TV? Like, and like literally like, he's just like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just, and like, it was just boom. And then we were on, we were on ESPN two, like the next year or something like that, or um, fairly soon after that. So, you know, just getting a TV show, getting, you know, getting a, a television, a fan, a weekly fantasy football TV show. So that was big. And the show winning an Emmy. Um, uh, what about your we, fist fight with Berman? That was a seminal moment. <laughs> who won? I never, I never had heard who won. So you will not get me to say anything bad about Chris Berman. No, he's a good guy. Uh, he, I mean, and I, I have to tell you, like, um, he, he, um, he pulled I thought me that bourbon makes you so uncomfortable. Well, I'm trying to think what I, I want to say. I forgot how much fun it was to rattle you on yeah. podcasts. It's no, been no. three, four years. <laughs> You're exactly. so rattleable. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> well, I will say, listen, it took a couple extra emails to ESPN PR to get this uh, this particular podcast appearance oh, approved. Stop. You know, um, They can settle no, down. Listen, I, I, I'm just trying to, like, there's a couple of personal stories that I have with Boomer, and I'm trying to uh, sort of decide which one to tell. Um very early on in my career, I went to him and said, can I have some advice about being on TV? And instead of saying, shut up, kid, or I don't care about fantasy, he spent like about 45 minutes and just talked to me about, about being on TV, which I'd never been on before. Really? And I thought, what was his him, best tip? His, 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 his best tip was, and it's sort of funny, and this sort of makes sense, was just like, he, um, his, his best tip was like, once it happens, it happens. He's like, you can't beat yourself up if you like, if you make a mistake or you stumble or anything like that. You just have to so like, keep plowing like, along. Just keep plowing along and talk as if you are talking to somebody else. Don't pretend it's a camera. You know, pretend the camera is a is just one other person. You're not broadcasting to millions of people. You're broadcasting to one person. Don't don't think of it like, oh, I'm on TV and a million people are watching. Right. He's like, because there's a million people aren't watching in front of one screen. You're talking to one person and just like, you know. And so he just sort of talked about that. And then we, it was a lot of like mechanics in terms of like like where the red light is and, and reading a rundown and stuff like that, you know, just whatever and boring TV stuff. But, um, but he was, listen, he, um, how long did it take for you to get comfortable on TV? I mean, am I there? I don't even know if I'm there yet. Uh, it took a while. It took, a, it took a while. I would say, I would say three or four years. I remember I, emailing you somewhere in the last five years being, Hey man, you look comfortable. Yes. Yeah. You know, you sent me a very sweet note saying like, I think maybe the first show of the uh, the fantasy show might have been even last year. You were just like you've come so far. Or maybe it was a, a well, fantasy show. Yeah, I mean, you're or a good ten thousand hours candidate. Yeah, you 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 were smart how you handled it because you did everything. The no request was turned down by you. 100%. You were like, you want me on this three o'clock in the morning and ESPN News? I'm there. Yeah, well, fantasy was because just anything to get uh, to get to get fantasy on. And um, I remember when things started going, I knew things were going well for you because I asked you to my podcast one year and you were like, normally it would have been like, what time I'm there? Sure, sure. And you were like, uh, August 18th, I'm free <laughs> from nine to 1230. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> right, yeah, what yeah. do you mean? Yeah. I mean, once they, once they, uh, once, uh, everyone at ESPN saw the light, you know, they certainly, uh, they certainly keep me busy, certainly during August and no, which is, which is awesome. I mean, but, uh, what was I going to say? So, um, fantasy life, my book, um, yeah. that was a big moment. You don't have because, to plug it anymore. No, it's available I know, I know, for a dollar. It's, it's done. It's whatever. It's a, it's a dollar on Amazon or whatever, but no, just in terms of, uh, sort of milestones. Yeah. Because like, uh, Hyperion, which is, you know, whatever, which is the Disney company was, did not want to, like I offered it to them first yeah. and they 
passed on it. Well, they only like publishing books that people didn't want to read. Well, they, yeah, that they was were fine. like, it was a weird business model. It didn't really work. <laughs> I don't know. I don't necessarily know about that, but I do know that their feedback was whoever my agent, whoever my book agent talked to there was like, we don't think, we think his audience only cares about who to start and sit. We don't think they'll buy a book about fantasy stories or his life or anything like that. We don't think his fan base is, is real. We think it's just, it's just people that are like that. Anyone giving information, mm. you know, that that's his audience is they just want information and they, we don't think anyone will buy his book and, uh, or buy a, any fantasy book, let alone, let alone Matthew. So they passed on it. So that book, you know, being a New York debuting on the New York Times bestseller list, spending a couple months on the list. Like that was a big moment for me where again, it wasn't, that was just sort of me. Right. I mean, you know, like when you like, that's without the power of ESPN, that's right. like, that's just, you're out there naked, you know, people it's, it's not, you were literally naked. You that's to, how you promoted yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> Please buy this book or, uh, I can't afford clothes. It, <laughs> it, it was, but I mean like, you know, you, when you're, I'm plunking down 30 bucks for something as opposed to clicking on a free article on the internet. So, um, so that was, that was a big moment. And Kyle, honestly, Kyle's 24. Do you remember life without Matthew Berry? I don't think so. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I don't think the, so. The young kids love me. No, it's like if you're, if you're, if you were like in the ten to thirteen range when you showed up, and you played fantasy, you're in their life from that point on. That's pretty cool. Yeah. No, I mean, and I'm always amazed when I do an event or something like that. How many kids come? How many teenagers? How many college students? So that's always that's always great. And my wife loves it too because uh, my wife, when we were first started dating. Uh, she didn't really know what I was doing. And she was just like, I don't know. She didn't, I mean, she didn't understand. She said I worked in IT or something like that. She's not a big yeah. sports person. And she, she was like, I don't, I don't know if I want to date somebody that's on TV. Yeah. And I don't know if I want to date a, a TV person. And then she went with me to an event and you know, it's, it's like 99% dudes. Yeah. And she's like, I'm good. Knock yourself out. I'm, I, I'm, I'm good. So it's, you know, it's, it's all, uh, it's all guys. You met your wife at ESPN during the days when coworkers could Ask each other out That's way correct. back when in the prehistoric era. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, we know, we have the Kevin dating Wilds policy. Too. Huh? Kevin Wilds, too. He yeah. married Libby. Yeah. Um, dating policy. Though, there was no policy back then. Uh, there was not. In fact, we were we were dating when that policy came out about interpersonal relationships. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, my wife and I went to HR and we're like, we're in a we're in a relationship. This is this is what I do for the company. This is what my wife does for the company. And. It didn't really, there, you were in different departments. Oh, like I mean, the, yeah, yeah, completely different apartments. She had nothing to, uh, to do with anything that I did. I mean, she worked in, for ESPN nerds that know, know the, like she worked in North Campus. Like she didn't work in the main, the main, uh, I mean, she worked in a building way down, down the street, like it's a, amazing. a mile away. It's amazing how many people meet at work that now that there's this whole new way to look at that and you know, there are all these restrictions in place, but a lot of my friends met who they ended up marrying at work. I would period. I, yeah, I mean, this I mean, is I, kind of a tough course to go down, but right. it's just kind of strange to me that that it doesn't seem like that really happens anymore. No. And it's weird because, um, you know, it's interesting. So my wife and I, uh, so we met at a party, like a coworker. I had a Valentine's day party. Um, and the, the, the rule of the Valentine's day party was that whether you are a couple or you are single, you had to bring your most eligible single friend. Mm. And so it was like a week before Valentine's Day. And so the idea was like, you know, we're starting at eight o'clock and in when everyone has a Valentine or something like that. So that's what invitation said. And so a, a woman that I played softball with, like on a intramural ESPN intramural softball league, came and brought Beth, my wife, 
as her most eligible single friend. Ah. And so, uh, so we met there and, but so we, we met and we had a, we had a great conversation, everything like that. And I said, can I have your number? And she said, uh, she goes, no, why don't you email me? Which, and honestly, I think if like I met her now, if that whole, like I wouldn't have emailed her. Nah. Right. I mean, so I emailed her. I said, Hey, can we, um, you know, cause I, she was cautious about giving out her, her phone number, uh, back then. And so she, um, well, she still is, but whatever. Um, but anyway, so I emailed her and I said, Hey, can we go out on Saturday? And she was like, yeah, great. And you know, we're now, and now you have the Brady kids. bunch Yeah, we now have the Brady bunch and five kids and the whole thing. But like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't know if I don't Kyle. know what, what I would have, would have done if, uh, I met her like last weekend. You're not allowed to date anyone at work, Kyle. I know. Okay. I know. Just, yeah. Don't get, I didn't want Kyle to get too excited. I shouldn't even go to any more parties. I know. <laughs> uh, fantasy coming up in three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. Yeah. Three when did the draft it's, start? It's, it's, um, before the week before Labor Day. It should be, it should be like the week before Labor Day or the week that, that, uh, that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before the kickoff game. But I'm also fine with it, by the way. People like, I don't want to draft on Labor Day. I'm also fine with a a, um, a a draft that happens after the Thursday night opening game that weekend. It's one game, whatever. And so you know the stats and everyone has the same level of information. And if you want to reach for somebody because they have I'm some okay huge game. Too. Yeah. Biggest, craziest thing that I think that's happened in 2018 compared when we started doing these together is most of the quarterbacks are the same. Quarterback is really, really deep. Brady? I, I have Brady Breeze? Two. Yeah. Bra Breeze at seven this year. Eli Manning? Like about Eli eight sucks, of the... But no, but I mean, eight of the guys from probably the first podcast we did in 07, oh, yeah, 08... Yeah, exactly. Are still are around. Still, are still starting quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. And Phillip a lot Rivers. of them are going to be... Yeah, Philip Rivers, Roethlisberger. Yeah. It's like quarterbacks don't go away. Tom Brady, no. 41. 41. Still, somebody's going to spend like, what, 18 bucks on him? Yeah, depending on your budget. I mean, I have as my number two quarterback. Yeah. But the the biggest thing that I think's changed since I've known you is the strategy of the draft now. People just load up on the running backs and figure they can get lucky with the QB later. And it becomes kind of this game of chicken with your QB. And everybody knows there's five or six I'd be comfortable yeah. with. You'd think that would be the case, although there are still people that draft quarterbacks early. There are still people that will draft a defense in the seventh round. If you look at ADP on <laughs> ESPN, losers. Yeah, they'll draft the Jaguars there. The Rams are going in the ninth round, like which I wouldn't do. And I, and I have the Rams as my number two defense. I think they will have a great year. Uh, but we've we've done this. We've we've looked at this statistically. I I did a column on ESPN.com called the uh, the Draft Day Manifesto, and we looked at it and. The last nine defenses to score at least 150 points over the last three years are nine separate defenses. Like we've had no repeat. Not over the last three years, not one elite defense has, has repeated. They've every defense is every elite defense has scored 150 fantasy points in a season once. But when you think about the yeah. difference with like the number one defense and the number five defense, it's, or the number one tight end, number five, it's like 20, 25, 30, 35 points of like that. It's not a lot. I mean, the, listen, but if, like, if you get a running healthy back, all year, like the difference between Gronk and the number five tight end will be significant. But Gronk's not staying healthy all year. Right. That's I mean, healthy that's the issue. in four years. I would, at the tight end position this year, I actually prefer the bottom 10 than the top 10. So we, again, we looked at this. So the top three are Gronk. Uh, Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz. Those are for my three. And those, um, those are my top three. Um, over the last five years, 
less than 50%. I think it's like 46%. 46% of tight ends drafted as a top three tight end have finished the year as a top three tight end. So you've got a less than 50% chance of returning value a on a top tight end. And then you look at sort of the bottom tier. First off, Jordan Reed. Listen, we actually had an intervention for myself on Jordan Reed on, on the on the fantasy show. He can't stay in the field. Huh? He can't stay right. in the field. I know. But if you but he's now he's going as like tight in 10. If you get Jordan Reed and pair him with Vernon Davis... That's a pretty good tight end. Look, the Redskins have a very tight end friendly system. Alex Smith, obviously, we you know what he did with Travis Kelsey. 50% of Vernon Davis's career touchdowns were thrown by Alex Smith. People forget they obviously played together for a number of years in San Francisco. So, like, I like that. Like, uh, Trey Burton, who's a guy in Chicago who's going outside the top 10. I like him. He's going to be the move tight end in Matt Nagy's offense in Chicago. Like him. Jack Bert, Doyle. I, Jack Doyle is a guy that I like. How Kyle are we talking about, This is like a Rudolph? lot of tight end talk. Yeah. A lot of tight end talk. I didn't, I didn't, didn't realize <laughs> we were, were going there. Didn't realize we were deep diving right, the tight end. Sure, but well, I'm just figuring people clicked on this and like, oh, good, Bill yeah. and Matthew doing their fantasy yeah, football preview. Let eventually. me get some players, and then it's like it's 20 minutes of well, no. Okay, it was an hour. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, the tight end saying one of my favorite ideas I ever had was merging the two people that aren't quite good enough on their own. Right. Doing it with running backs and tight ends. It's a very polarizing idea. <laughs> yes. You take the running back at, by committee guys and you just merge them and rename them something else and see what happens. I like tight I, ends, I, Vernon Davis and uh, Jordan Reed and Jordan Reed as a combo, merging them into like Verdor, Verdor and Reed, Reed Davis. <laughs> Jordan would Reed be, Davis would be a good one. Um, you, I like I like leagues where you play um, where it's like team quarterback or uh, well, know, team, team running, running back, back would be is, the best is, thing. It's yeah. really fun, really fun. Uh, I played in the uh, I played in the Grantland bad quarterback league. Oh which yeah, was always fun. That was a really that good a idea. It was league. hard to monitor, but yeah, there, there's still some way that that could like a reverse DraftKings with bad right football play would be a good one. There's there are some sites that do some some version of that, but I'd never seen the bad the specific bad quarterback league that you guys. Did. It was so, also a great year to do it. There were a lot of bad yeah. quarterbacks in 2011. Yeah, I feel like we did it for two years. We did. Yeah, we did the second year, and then Jacoby dropped the mic and never did. And that was it. Yeah, I remember emailing Jacoby because I remember like I, I think I like had Geno Smith. Like I had a good team. Yeah, like, I had like I had like Geno. Uh, yeah, I had a, like when Geno Smith was starting, but being brutal. Uh, I remember I'm like, hey, Jacoby. Do you um, feel like everybody has the same tricks now with fantasy? People know like, oh, rookie running backs, big inefficiency. Somewhat. Draft I mean, a quarterback later. Well, you know, you were talking about the, the you know, the, the problem is because everyone has the information. The challenge now, it used to be the challenge was trying to find that inside information. And like, and I did Cousin Sal's podcast the other day and we were talking about how, you know, Sal used to uh, call up sports editors and, you know, harass them at home and get their home numbers. Right. right. You know, like super intense. <laughs> that, crazy Sal. Kidding. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, totally true story. And uh, so that was, but now the issue isn't information. It's sorting through it because there's so much information and yeah. they're not to go quote fake news, but there <clears> is, <throat> there is a difference between real, um, real news and also just like best shape of his career, you know, primed for a breakout, like just, you know, kind of the coach speak and everyone looks great in the preseason. And, you know, so trying to kind of cipher through what's real and what's not. Concussions have been a big game changer yes. the last five years. I mean, for a lot of reasons and fantasy is obviously the least of our worries with concussions, yeah. but it has changed it like a guy getting a concussion and it's the first injury we've had with fantasy where you really have no idea when they're coming back. Yeah. And if they get a second one, they're gone. And I, I just, it, it, it's a big anvil that's hanging over the league anyway, but you right. feel it all the time in fantasy in, in a pretty unique way. And the tough part is, is of course, is that 
you know, there's a, a small percentage, but there is definitely a percentage of people online that will like tweet, hey, when are you getting, you know, that like angrily tweet and the, they yeah. see a guy go down with a concussion and their first thought is, oh God, my fantasy team, which right. by the way, there's no one more into fantasy than me. And I'm telling you like, who cares? The guy just got his head hit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like the guy's health is at stake. Like, um, and so I'm always embarrassed by that. I always hate when I see, when I see fantasy players tweet or, you know, post at, or, you know, on Instagram or whatever, post at athletes, you know, when are you getting back or you ruined my fantasy season or anything like that? That's Especially, always a tough that's one. That's always just like, come on. With that said, there are certain people out there that I truly hate for ruining my <laughs> fantasy season. They know Fair who enough. they are. Um, Fair hold enough. on. We're going to do one more break and then we're going to talk about our favorite players. Okay. Oh my God. It's an old favorite. Oh yeah. Stamps.com. Hey, there you go. Wow. One of the oh. first BS report sponsors. Sure. Way back when. As you know, these days you can get everything on demand. I do know that. Like my podcast, like your podcast. Sure. On demand. Very convenient. Absolutely. The fantasy show on ESPN Plus. Yeah. On demand. On demand. On the OTT ESPN yes, exactly. Uh, you can get stamps on demand. Why would you go to the post office? You can get postage on demand. Stamps.com. Access all the amazing services of the post office right from your desk 24-7 when it's convenient for you. Buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package using your own computer and printer. The mail carrier picks it up. Click print mail. You're done. Couldn't be easier. We've been using it forever. I don't like going to the post office. I don't like waiting in line. I like I know just this about doing you. This everything. Is true. I like doing everything from the comfort of my house or my office. Right now, use the code BS for this special offer up to $55 of free postage, a digital scale, a four-week trial. Don't wait. Go to stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage. Type in BS. Stamps.com. Enter BS. All right. Let's do it. Let's give the people what they want after yeah. an hour. I'm looking at the ESPN top 300 rankings. Okay. Le'Veon Bell is first. Yep. Are we sure he should be first? No. I, look, I have I have Bell at one. I have Gurley at two. David Johnson at three. Ezekiel Elliott at four. This is for PPR scoring. Um, but any one of those guys, or Antonio Brown, if you took them at number one, I've got no issue with it. I think Antonio Brown, number one, you have no issue. In PPR? He's been the number one wide receiver no, for four straight years. I don't want to talk about PPR. Non-PPR. No. This is a non-PPR podcast. Oh, man. Yeah. ESPN standard scoring is PPR. Join the wave of the future. Why? Uh, but why? Yeah. What, what, defend PPR for me. Explain this to me. Seems uh, like a crutch. Seems like a gimmick. Not a, it's not it's a, gimmick. a gimmick. It is a gimmick. <laughs> You're getting extra points just because you caught five catches. Who cares? Uh, well, you understand that it's fake football. It's all a gimmick, <clears throat> right? It's all it's all a gimmick. We're talking about a fake game on on uh, on the internet. What? Um, the idea the idea of PPR is I think it just makes more players relevant. Running backs that wouldn't have you know the um, there there are running backs that would not have fantasy value, but Duke Johnson would not be fantasy relevant if it wasn't for PPR. I don't believe Rex Burkhead. Thank God for his seven catches for 28 yards. Let's yeah. give him some extra points. So it's all, it's all sort of make believe, but I will tell you it is the more popular format in terms of PPR. People like it. It's higher scoring, which I think people like Does that more as well. popular. mean better though. It just means more dumb people like PPR. I'm going to do, I'm going to do enough. a the anti PPR podcast. I'm, no, I'm going to do a Twitter poll. I want to see okay. if people are pro PPR or anti PPR. Please do. Absolutely. Do a Twitter poll. Also, PPR is a you terrible do acronym. Do it right now because by the, like, you, it'll, you will get enough of a sample. All right. I'm going to do it right now. Do it right now and we'll see what it is by the end of the show. All right. Um, by the end of the pod. Why don't you, you filibuster all on right. the yeah, top yeah. five while so I look, do this I think all, I think all those guys, 
are fine because what you want at number one, frankly, is you want a high floor. Everyone thinks about a high ceiling, but you want a high floor. Um, again, we did this study like, so on ESPN, we looked at all the championship teams for the last two years, teams that made the playoffs and teams that made the championship. And so teams that made the playoffs averaged uh, about 121 and a half points a week. I like how you're just staring off in the distance as I do this tweet. Right. You're, you're like, you just, no, 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 you're, you. you know, like, you know, you know, you're like, like mom breastfeeding. I don't want to, I don't want to, <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't want to make eye contact while you're, while you're tweeting. Uh, so 121.5 points. If you take away kicker in defense, the first two rounds uh, basically will account for 31% of your weekly total. Again, it's a lot of math. And if you want, you can just, you read the draft day manifesto or it explains it a little bit uh, more clearly. But the point is, is that you have to nail the first two rounds. You have to nail the first two rounds. And there I want safe. And so somebody mm. like Antonio Brown. I'm with you, buddy. Uh, uh, Antonio Brown, who has the highest floor, barring some injury, Antonio Brown's going to find wind up a top three fantasy wide receiver this year. You know what I mean? So you don't have to finish the year as number one to be worth being the number one pick. I go for I think the late- gap between the person I'm picking and the group of people around them. So okay. if, if I, so if there's seven, it's like the tier thing that you tier, like. Right. Yep. If it, there's seven people in the tier and I could get the fifth guy in that tier, but there's really not a lot of difference between six and seven in this guy or Antonio Brown, who's clearly right better than whoever the next guy is. I would just much rather take Antonio Brown and roll the dice later. So with, if you have a top five pick, you're arguing for Antonio Brown. Yeah. yeah. I was just surprised to hear him at one. I'm not I'm, against I mean, I him I at one, number, by the way. I have him. I, I'm saying I don't have a problem with him going number one. I have him ranked five overall. But I don't have a problem if somebody if somebody if I'm in a draft and somebody had the number one overall pick and they took Antonio Brown, especially in a PPR format, I got no issue with that at all. So why I have Le'Veon Bell again, you have to nitpick at the very top. But for Le'Veon Bell, who's done it for the longest amount of time, uh, there you can again, they're all studs. But if you want to nitpick a little bit. How good is, da- is Arizona's offense going to be this year with a new quarterback? They don't have a lot. With David Johnson, I think you're counting on volume and pass catching. Ezekiel Elliott, same I'm sort of thing. I think that's going to be... Kind of in on David Johnson. Like, both guys could touch the ball 30 times a game. He just got hurt last year. No, it was a fluke injury with a wrist. I'm not worried about David Johnson. I mean, I have him at three. Um, but Can the- I ask you a question? Why are we yeah. talking about this in snake draft format when... I mean, if you because that's ch- the most popular format. If you have it, che- if you have chest hair and you can grow facial hair, you do an auction. That's you just, and I have talked about this forever. Like auction is the way to go. It's so great. It's so much Auction's better. Auction's not only the way to go. I actually lose respect for people when they tell me they're in a snake draft. <laughs> wow. I actually do. I lose respect if you're in a PPR snake draft. I'm out. Right. I don't want to talk about fantasy football. There you go. Anymore. If you that's ever meet fine. Bill you, Simmons, do not tell him you're nah, in a snake you're, draft. You're just like you're playing. You're playing Madden in like the the rookie level instead of the all Madden level. Some pe- people people enjoy that format. I agree with you. I if if there's an option, people enjoy it is, a it's, lot it's, of it's, things. It's, it doesn't right. mean it's right. That is correct. It is uh, it is chess compared to checkers. But anyway, I I think this is Le'Veon Bell's like walk Uno here in Pittsburgh. Checker, I think they. What did I say? I, oh wow. 1,209 votes in already. Yeah. 70% are pro PPR. There you go. 30% are anti. Nice job. You guys all suck out there. There you go. There you go. Damn Um, it. People like it. It's fun. Um, People like PPR. They like snake trials. They like everything you don't. Pro PPR or anti PPR? Uh, I've done more at no PPRs, but. I feel better about well, myself when I hair. score better. That's why he does it. Right, yeah. you score more. That's right. I feel they, better the about young myself. people, they love the PPR. Yeah, they just want instant gratification. Right. It's the what uh, about me generation. <laughs> exactly. I'm hungry. Postmates. <laughs> I want more points for my catches. PPR. It's fun. Higher scores. Uh, 
and it makes again it makes like there should be a you should play in a league where Duke Johnson is relevant, where you care about Duke Johnson, where Theo Riddick gets drafted. I never want to care about Duke Johnson. Um, so, so anyway, I'm, I just think they run Le'Veon Bell into the ground. Is why I have him at number one. I'll give you a quick stat on Todd Gurley. I so you Todd think Gurley Ro- to- you think Roethlisberger's slipping a little bit? Le'Veon well, Bell is the entire offense this year. I don't know that he's the entire offense, but um, you know, no Todd Haley there. I just th- what I think is he's always been a workhorse. Le'Veon Bell. He touches the ball so much, and I think the Steelers know like after this year, he's he's leaving. Right? They franchised him one last <laughs> so year. So run him into the ground. Run him into the ground. Hundred percent. And, and I think Le'Veon, who really wants to get paid, is going to be like Le'Veon tweeted, like, this is going to be my best year ever. And obviously you can't predict getting hel- uh, getting injured, but staying healthy is a skill in the NFL. And yeah, I think Le'Veon has a monster year. I think he has the highest floor. Again, I could nitpick Ezekiel Elliott. I think that offense is going to is struggle somewhat. I don't know how efficient it's going to be. It's going to be a very slow offense. Not fun to root for. Uh, yeah. And not, a, not, a, not, a, not that all these football players are good guys, but when Zeke's on your team, it's like, eh. I don't know. You know, it, it, what's weird for me, and I just I mean, don't like have, him personally. Um, you know, it's weird. Um, and I don't know if you have this because, you know, you've met a lot of athletes and you have kids too. So I met Ezekiel Elliott with my, at the time, 12 year old son last year. And he was nice to him. Couldn't have been greater to See, my that, kid. See, that'll swing it completely. Right. Was, could not have been nice to my And he was nice to my, to my kids. kids. I like them forever. Right. Like my, my son plays running back in football. And so he was talking to him about playing football and like took pictures and signed a football and, couldn't have been great. Couldn't have been better to my kid. Two hundred hour auction format. Does anyone break the bank? If I was in a two hundred dollar auction format, here's what I would do. I would pay up for running backs. I would go heavy on running backs. So you have like Bell, Gurley, David Johnson, Johnson Ezekiel Elliott. I love Cream Hunt, Alvin Kamara, Darius Geis. You're talking Redskins like fifty bucks or higher. Guy. Yeah, I I even go more because in an auction again, quarterback is so deep. I'd go dirt cheap on quarterback. Wide receivers really deep. I would try to pay to get one of the elite guys. There's like seven wide receivers. I'd want one of the seven. So I'd want one of Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, uh, Devontae Adams. Um, I'm forgetting somebody off the Keenan Allen. Eric Decker. Not Eric Decker, although that was a big signing for the Patriots. I don't uh, I don't know. They're trying something new and different. They tried to get a white guy. <laughs> They've never done this <laughs> I've before. I've never done that before. Kyle, have they you ever had a wet guy, a receiver? Had a, oh, we had to replace Edelman for the first couple. I'd say they've, they've, never, they've never had a, a, an old injured player that was, you know, that had success at some point. It's an unconventional move does for Eric Belichick. Decker, does Eric Decker make the team? I'm not convinced he makes the team. I think he, I think Belichick's like, fuck it, I'm on my way out. I'm going with right. all white guys at receiver this year. <laughs> Just everybody, tight ends, receivers. This is kind of like Kenny my Britt. dream come true. For, well, first off, I think Hogan is being way. Speaking of your team, I think Hogan is being way underdrafted. People forget before he got injured, he was a top ten fantasy wide receiver. We love he's Chris play, Hogan. He's going to play in the. He's going to play in the slot. Everyone's, you know, people were talking about Jordan Matthews before he got released. I'm like, it's going to be Hogan in the slot. Um, we're going to have I, the I like Hogan Edelman Decker. Hogan Edelman Decker. There you go. Oh, and, there the, and, the, and the seventh round white guy right. from Miami. Right. <laughs> Unbelievable. Vanilla Thunder. Let's go. <laughs> Give this core a nickname. Belichick is like, he's, he's hilarious. What's, what's wrong with that guy? It's uh, never, never dull with who is uh, the, the Patriots. I, who is like, the, I will say if I'm, I'm picking on a non Hogan Edelman wide receiver for the Patriots, I like Kenny Britt the best. Although I'm be, always tantalized by Cordero Patterson, although right now I think they're going to use him more on special teams. So yeah. that, that is exciting for me because the Patriots have just continuously 
thrown away kickoff returns for right. the last like 12, 13, 14 years. It was yeah. like freaking Mike Vrabel returning kickoff <laughs> returns. They didn't care. Right. And I'm actually excited uh, to see them care about kick returns. I mean, Patterson's most unbelievable on special teams. Knock them out. Uh, I think the overreaction guy this year, do you want to yeah, guess? Sure. I have it in my in my head. Okay. This year's overreaction, it's usually a guy who should be in like the- Overreaction kind of how? Of, you mean like, how do you define overreaction for me? You mean like he'll do better or you mean people are going to overhype him? It's a combination of overhype Somebody who's usually in like the eight to 14 range, but even right. goes higher than that. Okay. Mike Evans was the guy last year. Mike, everybody had a big year. jerk off session about Mike Evans last year. Cousin Sal had, I think he spent like $53 on Mike Evans or something last year. Like it was yeah. just at some point it becomes crazy. Year. So I have my guy for this year. Who's your guy? Um, who do I think it will be or who is my, per who do I? No, who do you think it will be? Who is going to be the bandwagon? Wow, this guy's going there? Um, possibly Saquon, possibly Devontae Adams. I think people will be surprised. Although I, I believe in both those players, but I could see people being surprised at how high those guys are going. It's going to be Alvin Kamara. I think he hmm. could be one of the four or five most expensive auction guys and I think oh, he could be a top five. Yeah, I mean, I have him at Just six. You know why? I have him at six, so yeah. You know why? Because he's really fun to have on your team. Oh, he's awesome, yeah. It doesn't mean it totally makes sense. He might, will he get 230 carries? No, but he'll probably get that many touches. He's going to be involved in the passing game. Listen, I'm high on the Saints this year. First off, Ingram is suspended for the first four games. Alvin Kamara. What did he do? I didn't know. I haven't done my research yet. Was there oh. was there some chemical issues with I Mark Ingram? So. I believe oh, no. so. So he's suspended for the first four games. Oh. So it's gonna be, I think Alvin Kamara, no pun intended, runs away with his job. Wow. Uh, over the so maybe he's of, so he's not the guy then. If Ingram's I mean, out for the first four, yeah. I mean he's I mean like he he's going in the first round of every every draft. He'll go. So it's Saquon Barkley then. Saquon Barkley. I have Saquon at five overall. Uh, I've never at five five among running backs uh, six overall. Another one who's just. Or seven, actually. Sorry, I have, I have Hopkins ahead of him, but seven overall, yeah. You want to leave a fantasy draft just being fired up because you have guys you like sure. on your team? Like, if you end up with Barkley as your top guy, it's just fun to go into the season. It's like the ceiling on yeah. this guy is probably the highest because we have no idea what it is. Right. Yeah. And, and well, and first off, just a, uh, obviously, he's a great player. And also, and it's, this is something that I don't think gets talked a lot about in fantasy football analysis, Bill, but as someone who knows, you know, a lot of GMs and coaches and athletes and has been around a lot of pro teams, I think you can speak to this as well. No, there, I don't know anybody. Yeah, there are politics on a football team, just like there are in any other office in terms of certain people that get promoted that maybe they shouldn't be because, and there's relationships there. And, and so Saquon Barkley, forget talent or anything like that. Saquon Barkley has to be a success this year for the Giants. Like because has to be a success for the GM, for the owner, for correct. the coach. For them going- it's a great for them, point. I like for, where you're going. For them passing on Darnold and, and getting all the criticism for taking a running back, he look, we'll see if he is, but he will be given every opportunity to be a success. This he is needs the, to have a huge year for, for the team, for the franchise, for the front office. So he's going to touch the ball a ton. And Pat Shermer's offense, their new head coach, his offense is actually a great fit for what Saquon Barkley does well. This is the Atlanta Hawks Trey Young. Thing. Yeah. Right. They they went all on on Trey Young and it's like this guy has to succeed. Now we have to give away Dennis Schroeder. Right. And we got to really this is not Trey Young's team. It's like I'm not sure Trey Young should have a team. Right. In Barkley's case, he's clearly really good and I think of all the guys I'm looking so this list right now, Bell Gurley, David Johnson, Zeke Elliott, Antonio Brown, Barkley, 
Kamara, Jones, Beckham, Hopkins. I would say only the top seven have a chance to be the top guy. Like when we look back at points at the end of the year. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, who, who else if, would you if say? If Julio Jones catches ton touchdowns, I mean, like he got Is it really the unlucky. most points of anybody. Sure. It's going to be a running Especially back. Especially, again, I guess we're not doing PPR. Yeah, I mean, in non-PPR, I would agree it's probably a running back. Yeah. I but think in PPR, like, I could see Barkley, could easily be the number one player overall. I could see Barkley having the most points. Yeah, 100%. I mean, non-quarterback, obviously. Quarterback scoring, I mean, like... I don't think he's... I don't think there's any way he's not good. I agree with you. For all the reasons you mentioned. And, I like, I interviewed him, and, like, listen, there are people that... There are players that I've interviewed that I loved, and then they didn't do anything, and there are players that I've interviewed that I that I came away with a negative feeling for, and then they, they ended up having huge years. Yeah. Um... But for whatever it's worth, after interviewing Saquon Barkley for like 20 minutes, I was just like, man, like obviously loved your tape. But then just talking to him about his approach to the game and, and you know, sort of his attitude and his work ethic and everything like. I don't know if anyone. I remember, in- I remember tweeting something about like I tweeted a photo of us and I said something to the effect of like, you know, after meeting Saquon Barkley, you know, loved the kid even more. And uh, Bruce Feldman, you know, college football writer, you know, does a great job. Bruce Feldman like tweeted back to me. He says, you should change the headline to after uh, everyone loves Saquon Barkley after meeting him. He's just like everyone I've ever talked to just says he's just the greatest kid. I don't think anyone in the history of sports media has been more swayed by random meetings with their with <laughs> their me. fantasy. Yeah, this is a recurring thing with you. Yeah, Somewhat. You meet guys and then then you, you subconsciously root for them. Right. Who Somewhat. is the worst case scenario of this? Worst case, I mean, worst it was case a quarterback, in- right? Um... What do you mean? Who who had the worst interview or like no the, people that you liked oh, that yeah. you were convinced from a personality standpoint that made you think and you went you've done this before you've right. gone all yeah, in yeah, on yeah. people. Barkley's um, a good gamble for you though. Barkley's a gamble. Listen, I, like speaking of bad gambles, I'm getting killed on this poll. Okay, there you go. Seventy to thirty five thousand votes. I don't I don't know if this is necessarily lost for me. It just means there's a lot of dumb people out there. <laughs> A lot of dumb people that follow you on Twitter, I think is what you're saying. <laughs> and I think that's what that's Bill's saying. That's not what I'm saying. I love the, <laughs> I just think- You love your followers? They're people that yeah. just don't know any better. <laughs> that may be it. That they may just be it. don't I, have the right people in their life. For the for the record, I am voting with, uh, I'm voting with the 70% of your fans. Should I do an auction versus? Yeah, do an auction versus. I, that will be more, that will be closer, but more people will vote Snake just because more people play Snake. Like just, um. I, I just know, so on, at ESPN.com, where it is free to play, including our free app. I got to get some plugs in here. Uh, I know we have many more people. We're the number one game. We have you know millions upon millions of people that play with us. And we have many more snake uh, leagues than we do auction leagues. Really? Oh, yeah. Significantly more. Hold on. I'm doing so And I think auction. part of it's also because it's also, it's easier and quicker. I mean, you can do a, I mean, you can do both, obviously. But you can do a snake draft from your phone in an hour and a half. In an hour, if everyone's like making picks quickly, one of the f- most fun things that's happened this decade has been the the uh, the mock the what's that the, machine you have? Oh, you mock do draft the, lobby. Our, you mock draft lobby. Yeah, it's it's actually really helpful and useful. Oh, yeah. And uh, and cousin Sal's in there a lot. I'm just I'm not I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, as well, he should be. By the way, someone who hasn't won in a long time, Bill Simmons, maybe maybe check maybe that I out need a little there. bit. Just saying, I've had bad luck. Yeah, I used up all my luck that one year when I had the greatest fantasy. <laughs> now team you're done. The maybe the yeah, yeah maybe the, the, maybe, the, the maybe the fantasy gods are 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 smiting you because of your uh, 
because of your uh, your PPR uh, non PPR stance. I had a typo in the poll. I had to delete it. Okay. All right. I just put up the second poll. Okay. My prediction. I think auction wins like fifty three to forty seven. Well, what was the question? What is better, or what do you play? Second fantasy football poll auction or snake draft. That was it. Oh, okay. Just gave the two choices. Didn't try to sway. Auction might way. win. I will. I, I, there is nothing more fun, especially if you're in a in a, in a league with a group of buddies. Uh, or people you know well than doing an auction draft. Like it's a whole day thing. You know, maybe you get a caterer, or you go to a restaurant or something like that. Have an auctioneer, have somebody that's not in the league. We have Mike August for right. our league. Yeah. yeah. And we pay him in chicken, chicken tenders. It's fantastic. Right. And that is, um, it's awesome. That's, I would have, that's I would the, bring Kyle in as my helper, but I don't think he would do the I work. I can handle that. I can handle that. You'd have a couple people to go sneak cigs with at like the little breaks. I might bring you. You should. Um, yeah, do you think if do you think you would um get uh get crap if because I get brought in as a helper to to some people. Do you think you would get No, I because uh, people know I wouldn't help. Right. I haven't won in eleven years. No, I know, but but if you brought in a helper, do you think your league would like I brought Tate two years ago? No, okay. it's fine. Okay. Yeah. John Hamm has a helper in our league. How's he, he do? He he's in the middle of the road, like his okay. like his St. Louis teams. Right, he's right right middle middle of the curve. Is it, that's the uh, that's the league where somebody gets voted out, right? Yeah, I I, I am love one that of, league. I am one of two people that has not been voted out yet. My time is coming. <laughs> that's probably a reason not to bring Kyle this year because I think Damashek's in charge, and I think I'm going to get voted out this year. I thought I was going to get voted out last year. But do you think do you think uh, again? Well, if you haven't won since 2011, maybe it's perfect to keep you in the league. Oh, like, seven. Oh, like, it's oh, even seven. worse. Oh, God. Yeah, like why are you voting out Simmons? You know you're you know you're beating him. Like you want to vote on a, a potential champion. I've had terrible luck. I also think part of the part of the reason you haven't been voted out is is I think you secretly want to. It's sort of like you know like on Survivor or Big Brother, one of those things where the guys like just vote me out, just vote me out. Like in the person who wants to get voted out. Yeah, like, oh, no, we're keeping. Him I take around. the satisfaction out of voting me out because I want to get voted out. Right. So they don't want. They're not going to let you out. It's right. a Jedi mind trick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm eating the rice and Survivor, trying to get people to kick me out. Yeah. Um, top quarterback, uh, Rogers. Rogers. Roger. Rogers. Brady. Russell Wilson. So Deshaun taking, Watson. Carson Wentz. You're taking the extremely fragile Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> who's always <laughs> plays in a cold weather city. You know, it's always one hit away from breaking something. Uh, every single year that Aaron Rodgers has played at least a 14 game, I think he has been he has been a top two fantasy quarterback in seven out of the eight years that he's played double digit games. I love the lack of respect for Thomas Brady. I am a two. He's 41 years old. I am a two. And by the way, so this is I'm going to pull this out because I want to make sure I get this stat right. So I wrote I wrote a column on ESPN.com called 100 Facts. 100 yeah. Facts You Need to Know. Uh, oh, it's an enjoyable column. I appreciate that. I like that. I like the hundred facts. Um, so, and I talked about Thomas Brady there. And by the way, are you pro or anti straw? Just as long as we're talking about Brady. Where are you? Did you see his whole Instagram post on straws? Oh, plastic straws. Yeah. Where are you on that? My wife's been on this corner for the last couple months. Yeah. I there's a reasons to be pro to be anti straws, but I I, I haven't really sorted it out yet. <laughs> you know done, what I, I still like? Deep dive on the research yet? You know, here's the thing. I've never really been a straw guy. No, I'm not either. Only with like the Starbucks iced coffees or something. Yeah. I'll do a straw. Like I do straws like when I'm driving, like, you know, if you, you drive through a fast food place, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll but generally I'm not a big straw guy. With cocaine, okay. with cocaine, it's still useful. 2014 weeks, 13 through 16, Tom Brady was QB 14. Yeah. Prior to that, he was QB seven. 
week in 2015, weeks 13 to 16, Tom Brady QB eight. He was the number one quarterback points per game weeks one through 12 before that. 2016, weeks 13 through 16, Tom Brady was QB nine. He was QB two weeks one through 12 that season. Last year, weeks 13 through 16, Tom Brady was QB 20. He was QB four in points per game weeks one through 12. So the last four years, whatever Tom Brady has done weeks one through 12, and he's been a top seven quarterback each of those years, he has always been worse in the playoffs from weeks 13 through 16. So the, the, um, the week to get into the playoffs, uh, you know, your, or the final week of the regular season and then the playoffs, he's been traditionally worse. He's been, uh, whether it was QB4, here's his playoff finishes the last four years, 2014 QB14, 2015 QB8, 2016 QB9, 20 QB20 last year. By the way, this year, weeks 13 through 16, three of the four teams to play the Patriots were top 10 in terms of fewest fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks last season. Now that's last season, but the fact of the matter is, and I don't know if they go conservative when it gets colder or just because he's older or whatever, but for what, and what, still QB nine, QB eight. Can I give you a suggestion? I'm just, I'm all saying is that Tom Brady's production does drop off from the regular season to the fantasy playoffs for whatever reason. Can I tell you why? Yeah, please. Because we clinch the AFCs by Thanksgiving every year. Mm, that may be it. Yeah, maybe that's they, why. He doesn't need to try in December. <laughs> right. F- fuck everybody. There go, you go draft Tom Brady. But that's why Just he's still a two, draft. not one. Still yeah, he, draft. He's the GOAT. And by the way, the, the he, team's going to be a little bit worse this year. There's a little more competition in the AFC. Maybe maybe December will matter, finally, for the Patriots. the AFC East. Maybe December will matter. the East. Nah, they say that every year. Who in the East? Like, seriously, Buffalo's a dumpster fire. The Jets, who knows what's going on with them? Oh, Miami's you're not following awful. the Sam Darnold buzz? buzz? There's a lot of Jets fans in my way, life who are retweeting the the, the Jet the Darnold looks great in scrimmage. I think tweets. the Jets are second in the AFC East. Yeah. Now we're gonna. But I mean, they're gonna be second by like being you know six and ten. The greatest seven and nine. The greatest bet in football this year is the Pats minus six hundred to win the AFC East. Yeah, I mean that's. The, the odds of them not winning, I don't even know what would have to happen other than like a bus crash or something. Like, yeah. like there's. They have so much more talent than everyone else in the East. It's unbelievable. Yeah. All those teams are. Do you, are you a proponent? um, I guess we can wrap up soon, but are you a proponent of the um, back in offense? We have a guy in in the league. I'm in with Sal Cohurst. Yeah. Who every year just goes all in on an offense, but now we figured it out. So when he gets the quarterback and one receiver, we just (laughs) fuck him on the other guy. So he can't do it. But are you a believer and I love this offense? I'm just grabbing as many as I can. I don't have an issue. I don't have an issue with it. I'm not a big believer in any one particular strategy. I'm always like a let the drafter auction come to me. That's me too. So if there is, um, so I mean, there's certainly the, if there's an offense that I really like, like if I think, you know, like this is the the Patriots year or whatever, or the Eagles, right? You know, like the Eagles would be a great offense, right? And you're just like, so I don't have a problem with like, like at the time where it comes to take, Wentz or Ajayi or Ertz, I'm good with all that, but I wouldn't like, I wouldn't bypass a good player. I wouldn't bypass Gronk because I got to get Ertz because I'm going all in on the Eagles offense. You know what I mean? Like I just, yeah. So there's one strategy. If if the way the draft or auction warns out that I wind up with Wentz and Ertz and and Ajayi, I don't mind that Alshon Jeffrey, whatever it is, but I don't, um, yeah, I don't target it either. It's all just player value. There's one strategy I've always wanted to try. I'm with you. I always let the draft go. And every year, some people are doing weird shit and you just kind of have to react to it. The one strategy I've always wanted to try is to lock down two running backs and two receivers. Okay. Yeah. And then get like nine quarterbacks. (laughs) I did this once. I had four. (laughs) And everybody in my league got mad. but, But just basically lock up all the quarterbacks and 
to the point where it's crippling half the other teams in right. the league. And then you figure like you hit on three or four of them and I have the best trade bait. Nobody can pick other quarterbacks up off the wire. Right. I've just locked quarterbacks down. I know they're going to win, but I just want to do it for the reactions of everyone else in the room. They'd be you so mad. I'm telling you, it is a terrible strategy because this year there's like 22 good quarterbacks. So even if you grab nine. 22 um, good quarterbacks? Yeah. There's I mean, that many like, this year? Oh, yeah. I mean, guys like guys like um, Marcus, go, open up your uh, your ESPN ADP. Marcus Mariota, he'll play eight games. Look where Phillip Rivers is going. Phillip Rivers is 38 years old. Phil Rivers is 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns in the bank every single year. You just shit on Tom Brady. I can't shit on Philip Rivers. I didn't shit on Tom Brady. All I said was just basically there's a reason why I have him at two behind Aaron Rodgers, the fragile Aaron Rodgers, as you refer to him. Oh, just play, play 16 games, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Stop giving interviews. Try to last the whole season for once. So, like, yeah, here, like, Alex Smith is going as QB 18. Philip Rivers is going QB 19. Eli Manning at 20. Mariota, 21. Tyrod Taylor, 22. Mitch Trubisky at 23. Guess who's not going to be on my team this year? Mitch Trubisky. Don't be surprised if Trubisky has a nice little fantasy season, by the way. That's going to be a fantasy-friendly offense in Chicago. Guess what? They added Allen Robinson. Guess what? They added I'm going to be they really, really Gabriel. surprised. They added Tariq. Uh, they didn't add, but they're going to use Tariq And Matt Nagy's got a fantasy-friendly offense. Trubisky, more mobile than you think he is. Uh, Trubisky's going as QB 23. I bet he outperforms that ADP. I bet you he finishes higher than QB 23 in the season. Well, and I guarantee he's on the ninth place team in your fantasy league. Uh, <laughs> Tyra Taylor's going to, I mean, who knows if he gives away to Baker Mayfield at some point. Tyra Taylor has been a top 12 fantasy quarterback I'm the last just three gonna years. I'm just going to give you, I was judged yeah. this by, I'm at the draft. Yes. And the QB, you can't win without a QB that A, you feel comfortable with and B, who's going to get points. And at some point during the draft, we all realize that when we panic because you start thinking about it and you go, fuck, there's only five quarterbacks that I really actually like. I got to okay. get one of these five. And if I don't get this, I'm going to leave this draft and I'm just going to be sad. Right. So here are the- But I'm, I'm, I'm telling you quarterback is, you'd be, anyway, go ahead. What do you got? I believe you. I'm just going through who I'd feel right. good about. Okay. Rogers, yes. Even though he's fragile and injured. And wow, he's still, yeah, he's yeah. still um, the greatest QB of all time, Tom Brady, yes. Okay. Russell Wilson, no. Interesting. I don't, I don't love that team. I agree. It feels like a transition year. I, I think he's taken a lot of hits. Also true. I don't like the Never division. Never missed a game. Yeah, just feel, I, just, I wouldn't feel great if that was my first guy. I think it's going to be a tough year for Seattle, and I think at the end of the year, you'll look up and Aaron, Russell Wilson's going to put up points because he's literally all they got. I don't know that they're going to be able to run effectively. We'll see what they get out of Rashad Penny. We'll see if they can fix it. Could also see line. the four-game season where they get this, the first though, pick. If Baldwin does miss time, he's you know Doug Baldwin's got the knee injury, and he's, they say he's going to be ready for opening uh opening week. But if ball, if, if it turns out the knee injury to Baldwin is more serious, then I would have concerns about Wilson, but I currently have him at QB three. Cam Newton. Okay. Not yeah. comfortable. Interesting. Not comfortable. Look, Carson I Wentz. get on Cam, but I, listen, with Norv Turner's the offense coordinator there, Cam was like, you know, Cam always puts up points. Again, it's a, it's all about the rushing with Wilson and Cam. I, he's too up and down for me. He has those games like he had in New England last year, and then the next day is 118 yards, and I, I can't handle. He is frustrating. It. I like consistent with my QBs. Uh, the, uh, Carson Wentz, don't know when he's playing again. No, Deshaun Watson, yes. Yeah, of course. I don't know why, but I, I'm because he has the same knee injury as Carson Wentz, basically. But I think it happened a little bit earlier. Well, it happened a lot earlier in the season. I'm in on Deshaun. Yeah, Drew Brees, yes, hundred percent. Kirk Cousins, no. Andrew Luck, no way. 
Matt See, I'm is, okay on Andrew. Andrew Luck is Andrew Luck on ESPN. Andrew Luck is currently going in the ninth round. The last two seasons, Andrew Luck was healthy, and I know it's been a bit, but the last two seasons, Andrew Luck was healthy. He was he, a top four fantasy quarterback. So if you're telling me I get a, a potential top four fantasy quarterback with a ninth round pick at going at QB great. nine, Ta- I'm happy when you take him if you're in my league. Right, and uh, fine. And by the way, if he doesn't work out again, quarterback so deep, I'll go to the waiver wire and I'll pick up whatever Jared Goff or Alex Smith who isn't getting drafted and is ridiculous. Uh, Philip Rivers. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is going to be a top 12 fantasy quarterback as long as he's QBing the Browns. Again, uh, it's the rushing, dude. I appreciate uh, your defense of me, Andrew Luck. <laughs> Dude, sorry, I'm doing luck. Uh, Stafford, I just don't enjoy having on my team. I you don't enjoy like having have, the Lions. And he's, he's passed away, so this is sad. But there was a comedian in Vegas uh, named Danny Gans. Yeah. I don't know if you know Danny Gans. And so, yeah. and I went to see him once, and every impression was was like that. Andrew where, Luck. Well, right. Like if you're a good impressionist, you don't need to do the voice, but he'd be like, Hey, what's up? It's me, Jack Nicholson. I'm like, uh, if you're any good at being impressionist, you don't need to do that. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I'm an awful impressionist, but right. Yeah. That was, it just reminded me of very Danny Gans. Thank because you. Because he would always do this. Like Danny Gans you know, as Andrew like, Luck. Hey, it's me, Cliff Clavin, hanging out at this bar in Boston. <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, oh good God. Like literally uh, every impression was that. And you're just like Stafford. Yeah. I just don't like having my team. Okay. Garoppolo. Yeah, what about Jimmy GQ? I don't like his offseason. There's a lot of Garoppolo red flags right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't like him comparing himself to Vince in the Entourage cast. Okay. The date with the porn star made me nervous. Right. He got paid a really? lot. Because the, there's I mean, a lot of people on the bandwagon. I just I'm nervous. I would still take him, but I'd be nervous if he was my number one QB. Uh I have inside my top 10. I think he is the real deal talent wise. I do too. I mean, I'm look, driving the Jimmy G bandwagon. I just, there was, was things I don't like. Guy, they, San Francisco literally did not want to start him last year. Their whole offensive yeah, line was beat up. They did not, everyone was like. Much better O-line this year. Much better O-line this year. They get Pierre Garcon back another year. He's got a full year in Shanahan's offense. I remember reading an interview with Matt Ryan where, and this is, they asked him what happened two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl. I'm sure you're familiar with uh, the Falcons that year, right? Um, and prior to 28-3, uh, Matt Ryan obviously had a monster year in 2016, right? He was amazing. He was like, a, you know, I think he was the number two fantasy quarterback that year, or certainly top four. And uh, they asked, and he said, it said, he said, Kyle Shannon's offense is, is really complex, but the second year, it finally all clicked in for me. So Garoppolo put up the numbers he did behind a beat-up offensive line last year with, with like nothing out there. And having had three weeks with Shanahan's playbook, now he's had the entire offseason to know like he's the guy. Reinforcements are coming. I think George Kittle is a nice uh, tight end, second year player. Trent Taylor as well. Obviously, you've got Goodwin and uh, Garcon. McKinnon was a nice offseason signing for him. Their offensive line is going to be better. Garoppolo, I think, is the real deal. And I know you don't. Um, uh, you don't the, need to sell me here, on Jimmy. I'm I just, just cut. There's a couple I'm red not flags. You on Jimmy. I'm selling your audience on Jimmy. I'd still be. I'd still be happy if I left my team with them, but there's 10% of me would be like, man. Nervous. Okay. I hope. Nervous. I hope I'm I'm just being nervous. Don't convert yourself dumbness. to a guy from Entourage. No. Yeah, don't. Uh, Phil Rivers, I don't want on my team. Mahomes, I kind of like, but he's still like, too. if he's your first guy, like if you end up with like Mahomes and Rivers, I don't feel 100% comfortable with that. Um, so Alex Smith, not fun having your team. Sorry. Matt Ryan. Alex Smith's going to have a huge year. Matt, and I will tell you, talking to people around the Redskins. Um, oh, you, and maybe that, that yeah, sounded yeah. very professional. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, talking to people around the uh, around the Redskins, I will tell you that they 
think they upgraded a quarterback. Now maybe they're all towing the company line. They all hated Kirk Cousins. So. None of them. None of them are missing Kirk. None of them are bummed about Kirk and oh, feel like they got second place without Smith. They all feel they improved at the quarterback position. I mean, this is this is this is coaches. This is players. This is um, front office mm-hmm. people. Like they, uh, they really like. Um, I like uh, Kurt, what he does, what what he brings to that offense. He's again another guy that's like more mobile than you think he is. Um, you don't have to summon Alex Smith. I went against I'm him gonna, in playoff games. I'm gonna, but guess Matt what? Ryan. I, can yeah. I just can I give you my home stat yeah. real quick? Past decade, Andy Reid's quarterbacks have scored two thousand seven hundred fifty five point four fantasy points over the past decade. Just an Andy Reid quarterback. If Andy Reid were an NFL franchise, that would rank fifth best in the league during that stretch. So it basically Andy Reid's quarterbacks have been top five in fantasy points over the last decade. Like, and we can make time management jokes all you want, but Andy Reid quarterbacks perform. Again, Alex Smith, they were a playoff team last year. Alex Smith was a top five fantasy quarterback in a monster season, and they got rid of him because of what they think they have in Mahomes. Andy Reid quarterbacks perform. Yes. Andy Reid teams choke in the playoffs. <laughs> um, I like Jared Goff out of all these other guys. I had him on my team last year. Makes big Solid. plays. I thought losing Sammy Watkins, I'm not worried about because I was never impressed by him. No, and Cooks, Brandon Cooks was a was a nice get for the Rams. I'm a little down on golf. I think I'm at QB 15. I think there's going to be some touchdown regression. I think he threw a touchdown pass once every 10 attempts, something like that. NFL averages once every 14, something like that. I think there's going to be a little bit of touchdown regression with Jared Goff. Having said that, I am, I mean, and this is way back from my Redskins days. I am so Sean Mc, I mean, I think Sean McVay. I love that guy. When I, I said this, we did a live podcast last night. And I said this on that show too. Um, I think when all is said and done, Sean McVay will be considered one of the top five NFL coaches of all time. Wow. Not to be all hot takey or anything like that, you know, but I, that is how brilliant I think that guy is. Kyle, do you hold it against Brandon Cooks that um, he tried to vault that dude in the Super Bowl instead of just going around him? There are so many things to be upset about in that Super Bowl. Remember that? He tried to hijack the guy. Early. I know. Act like you've been there before, Brandon Cooks. I, it's going to be hard for me to come back from, I, he's not going to be on my team this year. I'll just tell you that much. Yeah. I mean, I, I prefer Robert Woods actually. And Cooper Robert Cup. Woods was good. Robert Woods was so really Cooper good. So Cooper Cup I had last year and you know, you had that guy you're a little too attached to. Yeah. My he was Cooper my Cup. guy last year. Yeah. And, Love uh, there were signs. He had a couple of big drops in, in, uh, he had a couple of tough of games. The, the there, Minnesota game. One of the league leaders in red zone targets. Like when they got in close, Goff was looking for him a lot. Yeah. Um, and I know, again, talking to people around the Rams, one of the reasons they went out to get Woods is, and they felt like in Buffalo, he was, it was a little bit more, this isn't the right phrase, but a little bit more playground football. Um, and, uh, you know, Tyrod, it was so athletic that plays would break down. But uh, they thought Woods was a really, really good route runner. And yeah. That he was a real, and he is. And that's one of the reasons they went on and got him because they thought he was a perfect fit for what Goff does well and what McVay likes to call. And so I think Woods is still going to be the number one. I think you'll see Cooks in the Watkins role. And Brandon Cooks will have like four or five monster games this year, but you'll have no idea where they come. In terms of consistent fantasy production this year, I don't like those give guys. me Woods and Cup. Give me, a, let's end on this, a stay away at each position, QB. Stay away. Dak. Dak Prescott. Running back. Kenyon Drake. I just, I think Kenyon Drake is really big play dependent. And listen, he was a home run hitter in Alabama too. So, I mean, that that's part of his skill set. But uh, 
they brought in Frank Gore, who I don't think Frank Gore is, you know, has a lot left in the tank, but he's going to take some touches away. They have a rookie there named Kalen Balaj, who I really like a lot. I just don't think Miami likes Kenyon Drake as a bell cow running back. If you look at the numbers, Kenyon Drake's uh, yards per carry gets worse uh, as the game goes on. And so I think you'll see limited touches. He's being drafted as this, as if he's going to be the guy that was towards the end of last year. He's just a stud. And I think he's going to be more in a committee. So Kenyon Drake, just where he's being drafted is, is somebody that I'm not crazy about. Receiver to stay away from. <sighs> Receiver to stay away from. I'd have to. Look. No, don't. No, don't let. You didn't need list 10 years ago. No, I know. I need your I, iPad. I mean, there's not like. Five um, kids. I'll send you an iPad to <laughs> come up with an answer. <laughs> Um, let's see a receiver that I'm not, uh, I'm not, one of those Minnesota guys, new QB. Yeah. I mean, I prefer Thielen to, uh, I prefer Thielen to Stefan Diggs. Thielen's I wouldn't amazing. have, um, I don't know. There's not, there's not, it's hard to hate a wide, it's hard to hate a wide receiver. Oh, here's one. I'll give you one. Yeah. And people are going to be like, this is crazy. So it's not somebody that I would quote, stay away from, but AJ Green <clears throat> makes me nervous this year. In a little term, fragile, tiny huh? bit, tiny bit fragile. He, he, he's played all 16 games just twice in the last four years. Like I have him at wide receiver 10. I won't get him in any drafts. So I, I still have him as a top 10 wide receiver, but he's somebody that's a little bit fragile. I don't have a ton of confidence in, in Andy Dalton. He's what? Very, he's very big play dependent What last made you year. come to that conclusion? Andy Dalton just doesn't throw touchdown passes, right? And so it's yeah. just like AJ Green's on the wrong Talk side of 30. Talk about that fun to root for. I'm, AJ Green's on the wrong side of 30. So again, like I have him at 10, but that's somebody that won't be on any of my teams this year because somebody will draft him before I'm willing to. Favorite rookie running back not named Barkley? Darius Geis, not close. And everyone's going to say that's a homer pick because of the Redskins, but Darius Geis is somebody that... So last year, Samaje P. Ryan and Rob Kelly on a Redskins team that was starting guys off the street at their offensive line, on a team that couldn't run the ball, and a team that was getting blown out because of their defense. If you combine Samaje P. Ryan and Rob Kelly into one player, they would have tied for third in goal-to-go attempts, rushing attempts. Like when they get in close, Jay Gruden likes to run the ball. And whatever you think about Jay Gruden, I actually think Jay Gruden's a good coach, but whatever you think about Jay Gruden, his offenses have always scored. They've always scored points. And Darius Geis was a first-round talent. People were talking about him going in the top 13, and then there were, you know, off-the-field rumors or whatever. With a football player? <laughs> right, shocking. Um, and they love him in Washington. And again, talking to, they love him. That's a guy that's going to get the ball early and often on an offense that's going to score. Uh, that He's my fantasy ride or die this year. Last year, that was Kareem Hunt. This year, it's Darius Geis. Kareem Hunt's too too high up to be a fantasy ride or die at this point. It's too obvious. But yeah, Darius Geis is my fantasy ride or die. Kareem Hunt was last year's premature ejaculation fantasy football guy. <laughs> Unbelievable first two weeks. I know, it was tough. And he kind of shot middle, his yeah, wide early. It was, yeah, it was it was tough there in the middle, and then they finally got around to giving the ball again. Yeah. The Who play was your was worst tough. ride or die guy of the last 10 years? Oh, God. I don't know that I had a worse ride or die, but I will tell you, I was fairly high in Terrell Pryor last year. That didn't oh. work out. That was bad. And um, whatever, like four years ago, like uh, like Cordero Patterson, second year in Minnesota, like yeah, I thought, hey, this is a guy that like all the athletic ability is there. God. I, I, I spent 20 minutes at the NFL Combine talking with Norv Turner and all he talked about was Cordero Patterson and how he had all these plays designed for him and how excited he was about getting to work with Cordero Patterson and then... I went all in on him, and then yeah, that that didn't work out for me. Um, Jeremy Macklin. Jeremy. I was never I was never a big Macklin guy. Got me. I was uh, Macklin. And I were tweeting. Macklin got mad at me. He started tweeting at me. We were going back and forth on on the Twitter there oh, for a little no. bit. 
But just because he was just he was just basically crapping all over fantasy football again. Like I remember still some this, players, actually. There's still some players that more and more of them are getting the getting the message. And I just went back at him and I said, like, he's like, he's like, I don't care about your fantasy team. And I'm like, nor should you, Jeremy. You should only this is when he was with the Chiefs. I'm like, you should only care about helping Kansas City win. But why insult a bunch of people that aren't Chiefs fans, but will still be rooting for Jeremy Macklin? How is that a bad thing? You know what I mean? And and he shot another insult, and I'm like, he just signed some big deal. I forget for how much. And I said, I'm making it up, call it 18 million or whatever. And I said, uh, I said, fantasy football is part of the reason why you just got an 18 million dollar contract. Yeah. Because fantasy football is what drives red zone subscription, is drives ratings, and that that it drives attendance, and so it drives popularity in the league, which is which raises the salary cap, which is one of the reasons why the players get paid. I mean, I have, I've had. That's why Berman apologized to you. I'm sorry I punched you. <laughs> Berman never you were apologized right. to me because he never had anything to apologize to, Berman, to me. It wasn't a punch. It was an open hand smack. Uh, he, um, <laughs> Boomer, <laughs> you're just going to torture me on this one. I love Boomer. I seriously, well, it, I, I forgot really how much fun it is to make you uncomfortable. I know. The Berman thing. Um, you you yeah. just say like, you turn anything, red. Anything ESPN. Believe me, a lot of ESPN people. Oh, tell are, them uh, to I'm sure down. listening to this. And, um, it's a million years ago. Uh, but anyway, no boomer, uh, like he was, uh, somebody came to me once, um, like towards the, uh, cause we weren't getting fantasy on, on Sunday NFL countdown. Yeah. And, um, and somebody came to me and they said, boomer doesn't like fantasy football, but he does like you. Cause he like he, he notices that cause him and I would, we would stay in the, did you still have and- the black eye at that point or did he healed? <laughs> cause we would watch football together. Yeah. By the way, you know what boomer does do? Yeah. He plays, you talk about fantasy golf. Yeah. Boomer is actually a huge fantasy golf player. Loves fantasy golf. Wow. Yeah, he's in a he's in a he's in a big pool. Ooh. The uh the dumbasses yeah, the have weighed in on our second poll. Uh, okay. <laughs> Auction 31%, snake draft 69%. I give up on all of you people. You're on the wrong side I of this. I give up. I give I, up. I disagree with your Twitter followers there. I auction over I'm with you on that one. Auction over snake. Come on. Kyle, do you have any questions for the talented Mr. Roto, former? Anything on, on Deshaun Watson? You're, all I see is yeah. he looks he looks like he's okay. Oh, good question. Training camp. I, I, I think he's I think he's going to be awesome. Me honestly. Too. Like I, I just think there are some players that just are just <clears throat> special, right? You know what I mean? Like just have it, and he is one of those guys. And I actually thought that was the great kind of sliding doors moment of last season. Oh, yeah. I think Houston could have like made the AFC title game. Hundred percent, and I mean, ja- and Jacksonville kind of wasn't meant to be in there, and then all of a sudden was in there, and then Bortles kind of got it together, and all of a sudden they almost made the Super Bowl. What had had JJ Watt and their defense gotten so not so decimated, and Watson doesn't get hurt? Like I didn't think the Patriots team was that great last. I didn't think the Patriots deserved me, to be in the Super Bowl. You and me both, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we had the worst defense. I still have nightmares about the defense. Kyle and I watched Super Bowl together. Yeah, we'll great. watch this year's Super Bowl together too, Kyle. We're gonna make it again. I think forty-one-year-old so. Tom Brady. I got it. He's I got this. I don't know. Alex Guerrero's got the magic hands. Are, are you pro great or massages. are you pro or anti Alex Guerrero? I, he's great massages, man. Okay, you saw it on Tom versus Time. Really <laughs> digs into those legs. <laughs> a lot of, you go. A lot of thumb you work. Get, yeah. A lot you, of thumb work. Really, TB super yeah. comfortable with that dude. Right? Are you? Are you? Uh, are you on the TB twelve? Do you do the TB? No, I don't. But I fully support it, and uh, and I think Julian Edelman was framed. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. And he last like, minute, last second plugs. Oh, last second plugs. Bunch of them actually. So first off, fantasy football marathon. If if you want 
more actual fantasy football advice analysis instead of just two guys reminiscing about ESPN. 29 straight hours of it on ESPN and ESPN2. Me, Schefter, Lewis Riddick, the Hasselbecks, just, you know, Stefania Bell, Mike Clay, Field Yates, everyone uh, 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 on the team there. So 29 straight hours. That starts August 13th at 6 p.m. Eastern. I have an idea for the fantasy marathon. You guys can take this. Okay. I think you should introduce a third Hasselbeck brother who's kind of the black sheep. <laughs> and he comes in. He's bald, but he's kind of like right. a little beaten up. Right. And, he's, and he seems like he might have had a few before the right. taping. He's got a paper bag. He's drinking out of a paper bag. We're yeah, not sure it, what's in his it. His advice is bad. He's abrasive. Just introduce that like hour 20. I like, listen, if, if they don't take that for the marathon, I will take that idea for the fantasy show, which yeah. is now every day on ESPN Plus, our streaming service. It's just $5 a month. And you get UFC and Kobe Bryant and the 30 for 30 library and everything. So uh, it's it's a great bargain. It's 16 cents a day. So we do a lot of fun stuff on the Fantasy Show. Uh, check that out. And the Fantasy Focus podcast, we're doing this. Um, I'm surprised you haven't done this or they haven't approached you about this, but uh, we do a live show on Twitter. So in addition to doing the podcast, we do it in front of cameras and you can watch it live on Twitter. Just follow at Fantasy Focus on Twitter, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. And then, of course, it's available on, on iTunes and the ESPN app and, you know, everywhere you get Who podcasts. are your hosts this year? Um, it's myself, Field Yates, and Stefania Bell. And our producer is Daniel. Initially, it was you and Nate Rabbits. And then he became like a behind-the-scenes guy. Yeah, now he's a, he's a vice president. He's a paper pusher. Yeah, he's pushing papers. So Bizarre. It's, yeah. Uh, he does. He's doing real well, actually. He's, he's fairly high up at the company. So, yeah, I know. Um, I remember as it was happening, like, wow, the... Fantasy yeah. dude, you just—he's a smart guy. He has a desk in an office now. Well, he was always—it's one of those things where he was always a—he was always in management. Um, and we did the podcast together because we didn't really have anyone. And then the podcast became so popular, it was dumb to take him off the podcast. And then Kennedy has just his job got too big where he just didn't have the time to do the prep and and do it. So we made the switch a, uh, a couple of years ago. So yeah, but no, uh, Field Yates, Define Your Bell, our producer is Daniel Dopp, and he's a character on the show. And so yeah. uh, that's Monday through Friday. Yeah. And follow just at Fantasy Focus on the Twitter. And I'll, the last thing I'll mention is uh, rotopass.com. Uh, you know, still alive, still alive. Uh, a bunch of great fantasy sites. You can use the promo code BS for 10% off <laughs> oh, at rotopass.com. Nice. But it's, it's the ultimate fantasy football resource. In addition to ESPN insider, you get uh, football guys and rotoviz and rotowire and football outsiders and roster watch. So it's a, it's, it's rankings, it's tools, it's draft software, every customized auction values, everything you possibly need to win your fantasy football league and like 10 things more. It's just, I personally handpicked all these sites and tools and everything like that. So it's great. Rotopass.com. Use the promo code BS for 10% off. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. Don't forget to go to ZipRecruiter.com slash BS. Thanks to Hotel Tonight. If you like to score amazing deals and incredible hotels, Hotel Tonight partners with hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, helping you find sweet deals, cool, top-rated hotels, 10 seconds, three taps, and a swipe, staycations, three-day weekends, road trips, whatever you want. Get the Hotel Tonight app to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels. That's Hotel Tonight, the only booking app you need. And thanks to Sonos. You might you might get this beam. You're yeah. thinking about it. Uh, the Son it all new cool. Sonos beam, smart compact soundbar for your TV will enhance all of your daily routines with incredible sound for shows, music, video games, podcasts, audiobooks, movie night, whatever you want. Setting it up is easy. Connects to your TV with one cord, syncs with your existing remote. It is the smart sound system that we need in 2018. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Order your Sonos beam to start your smart home sound system today at sonos.com s-o-n-o-s.com 
Don't forget about Matthew Berry's book available along with my book for like 30 cents on eBay. Right. Amazon. Does it get sad when the, the skeleton of our books is just on eBay and Amazon yes. for a dollar? People like people, hey, people like they, they, the, tw- they tweet me, hey, I found you in the bargain bin, like yeah. $1. And you're the like, picked oh. over corpse of our book that right. we slaved over. Right. For two hey, years. I got your book like, for like, a dollar. I'm right. glad anyone's reading my book, but it's always like, oh. Yeah. yeah, that's that's where it is now. It's just in book cemetery. Right. And then I always get the question. I don't know if you get this. I always get like, oh, when are you writing another one? I'm like, it takes so much yeah, to write a book. I, I, don't, I mean, I you, want you're to a update. faster writer than I am. Like I, you Not can anymore. pump it out. I can't. It no, takes you're writing way more than I am. I, I really want to update the book of basketball. And I just don't ever see a roadmap to me. Having the time to do that, to like sit down just, and like, wanting yeah. to throw myself into it. Cause I know how I am. I, yeah. I wouldn't be able to half facet. So Matthew Barry, this was fun. I appreciate it. Um, it's been a long time. I'm glad we were able to do this. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Good absolutely. luck on the OTT app. And uh, uh, thank you. Oh, we download the uh, the wheels. By the way, a fantasy life app. If I can get one last plug in. Wow, uh, there's a fantasy life app. Has anyone we're ever gonna, plugged we're more gonna things? We're going to hit two hours with one more plug. We're has gonna any, two hours. Has anyone ever plugged more things ever in the history <laughs> no, of the podcast? Listen, no. I'm a company right. man. You know app. that. I'm a company man. The The Fantasy Life app is 100% free and we get great alerts. Okay. It's like I, I work with this company and they're great. So All right. anyway, but this was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I appreciate it.